If you just start with the awareness that you have an ego mm -hmm. and it's always going to feel way better to be right and it's always going to feel way better to be complimented and told how great you are. Mm -hmm. If you can sort of just like hold that in your mind and then also hold that it's always going to feel a little icky to for someone to tell you how maybe you made a mistake or where you're coming up short. And that that type of information is what you really need to get better. So if we can just like take a few steps back, mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't got to get specific right now. <laughs> and if you can just be aware that like in general, I'm going to want to tend to look for information that feels good. And in general, it's not going to feel so good to get feedback. And feedback's really what I need. If you start from that place, then you might be able to take on the sort of growth mindset that we talk about. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey everyone, welcome back to Black Belt Beauty Radio. I've got such a radical conversation to drop on all of you guys. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. But before I do, I want to give you a little background on this radical human to the best of my ability, and it ain't going to be easy. Um, that is my guest, Logan Gelbrick. So Logan is by far one of the most curious humans I've ever had a conversation with. He took me on a, and is about to take you, on a cerebral adventure that was so epic for two and a half hours, and it flew by. We could have kept going. And the reason for that is because, number one, he's such a compelling storyteller, so captivating when he speaks, and also because the messages and the subjects are so full of substance, you know? There's so much impact where when we were done with our conversation, I was left in such a state of mental elevation. My mind was so stimulated, elevated, and expanded. And it's honestly a place where I want my mind to be in as many moments as I possibly can get it in this life that I'm living. Um, so before I tell you a little bit about what he does professionally and what you know, a lot of people know him for in the world. I want to I want to share a few fun notes that I wrote on him in preparation for this podcast and let you know that not only did he live up to each and every one of these words, but he took them to another level. So I wrote, Logan is a deep thinker, a compelling speaker, a legit contributor, a passionate reacher, a loving challenger, a dynamic creator, a grounded believer an endless explorer, an authentic observer with a deep love for dot, dot, dots. <laughs> That's, that end piece is so important. I mean, honestly, if you're a lover of dot, dot, dots, or you make me feel like you're a lover of dot, dot, dots, you're someone I want to hang out with. And what it essentially means to me is that you're signed up in this life for infinite growth. And that is Logan. So now let me share with you what he does a bit professionally, what a lot of people know him for. 
So Logan's a coach. He's a movement coach. He's a leadership coach. He's an entrepreneur. He's the owner of the renowned performance gym, Deuce Gym in Los Angeles. He's a writer. He holds um, seminars around the world on leadership called Hold the Summit. And it's where he is able to coach others to reach, others being people, brands, organizations, to reach their peak expression. And here's the thing. I have no doubt that when you listen to this conversation and you listen to his mental framework, you're going to be in agreement with me that he is the absolute perfect person to be doing this. I can go on and on about what Logan does and who Logan is. And to be honest, I'm not going to get to the core where I'm going to feel satisfied. Like, oh, there, you got it. Now you really expressed who this man is. (laughs) I mean, that's just the truth. And in saying that, I mean, that's a radical statement in of itself. And he lives up to it. So I'm going to stop talking now. And I'm going to hit play and let you enjoy this epic mental, elevating, cerebral adventure with my friend, Logan Gelbrick. Enjoy. I've never held a microphone um, while I've been recording my podcast, so Do thanks. you feel like an MC? <laughs> I feel like a dork. Everybody from the 313. It's really funny. <laughs> I feel like I'm leveling up right now. This is very appropriate with you in my presence. Cool. Logan. Yeah. That was so fucking like I'm on a stage right <laughs> You're like, dude. You're acting uh, like yes. someone who holds a mic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is so awkward for me. Okay, I'm gonna get past it though, because this is important. You're important. Thank you for being here. You're important. <laughs> Thank you. This Thanks. podcast is important. Hell yeah, it really is. Okay, so we're gonna go all over the place because I'm really good at doing that. I'm um, into that. <laughs> I mean, my shoes are off. I'm pretending like I own this place. I'm Hell yeah. I like that. Be comfortable. Did you even wear shoes here? I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You yelled at me when I came in. <laughs> like, where do you grow up? Take your shoes off. Like, Jesus. <laughs> Fucking Sorry, send Mom. the tone, right? <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my God. My cackle's real in this shit. Okay. So, dude, don't look at my notes. This Come is on. really funny. Okay. Um so, I read something that you had put out on the internet. So, it's true. That's <laughs> what that means. Get out your pants, folks. This was on the internet. <laughs> it's about to get real. Okay, I want to read it, and hopefully I won't fuck it up, because I'm, I'm really horrible. Horrible. See, I keep talking. <laughs> I'm horrible. Um, reading out loud on the podcast yeah i keep messing it up i've done it before and now you're holding a mic so it's gonna it's be like extra be <laughs> so extra right now <laughs> ladies and gentlemen this is the state of the union right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm gonna go for it okay you can do it i can exactly do you want advice before we start this will this will help you out okay. okay so i public speak for a living and i would cry every time i had to public speak growing up like i terrifying not that this is like perfectly public speaking, but it's a version of it. And the moment that I changed my relationship with speaking in front of people, literally, like we're talking elementary school, like reciting poems, tears. I was a good student. Couldn't figure this out. <laughs> Middle school, presenting on some prod tears in front of the whole high school, tears. And I think maybe once in college, very embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So... Uh, the moment that I changed my relationship with public speaking was 
I realized that I was not, in fact, giving the presidential State of the Union, <laughs> and it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, oh, I'm just going to be in the room with the people. And like, right. I'm going to be standing up at the front, but like, I'm there, they're there, we're there. Let's just talk about it. And that changed everything because I realized I was internalizing this thing and I was like, you're holding a mic. So this like matters. Oh, yeah. And now you're like, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> right? and then you just start fucking it up. Right? So Dude, it's don't amazing do that. How... Just chill. Oh, thank you. You're sitting on I the floor in your, in your living room. My shoulders just dropped. Easy day. I know. We're at the beach. <laughs> exactly. Pointed like they can see it. Um, yeah. Well, it's amazing how when you care the pressure that comes with caring, mm -hmm. right? It's so gnarly. <laughs> yeah. That's a gift, That's a whole... gift and a curse, maybe. I think so, caring. too. Caring. Yeah. Baseball has a poor relationship with that. Maybe not poor, but it's unfortunate that it seems like the better you are, the less you care. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. And so, yeah, because you're saying, I care a lot, so now I'm, like, nervous, and I want right. to do the thing. Oh, I thought you were saying specifically to baseball. I no, was like, baseball, the sport. Yeah. Uh, I will. You, next time you go to a Dodger game, and you, like, get your seats, and then the hot dog and the thing. Yeah. By definition, you care more than everybody on the field about the outcome of that game. Interesting. Emotionally. Yeah, totally. And, like, whatever. We can talk about performance later, but that's, like, yeah. an emotional thing that people at that level just don't participate in because it's too expensive you want to ride that roller coaster you can't right you can't do that at a high level right that's important so in a weird way whether it's real or not will depend on the person but kind of this like structured apathy mm -hmm. to the outcome is like really powerful so that's why people and i say unfortunately because i think we don't want this to be true but like people who are like i don't give a fuck like kind of have some success sometimes right because they're not married to the outcome right right desire can create they'll bomb hard right so they go out there and they just like <laughs> send it and you're like that was dope you know it's true but people who uh, care so much that they get in their own way that's a common one right that was like a big, a big thing. thing for me you know in the sport so. in the sport in your whole life in the sport it uh, showed i think up in the sport uh i, I eventually was able to sort of learn what was behind the curtain of the, like the mental skills part of it mm -hmm. but definitely if i was on some side of the spectrum it would be caring too much for sure you know to my own detriment yeah so i think it's possible to screw that up on either side of the spectrum but anyway no how long ago was baseball my last season was 2009 2009 yeah. okay does it feel like another life like totally yeah Totally. Do you, you, are you a completely expanded person? That's kind of a rhetorical question. <laughs> uh, expanded person? I've never called myself that before. Really? Wow. Thank you. It sounds yeah, cool. I'll welcome. take. Uh, I would are like we, to be we're that. Expanding. If we're not expanding, uh, I, I what know are what we... you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, I have a good relationship with the sport. I think I don't like miss it in that way. Um, coincidentally, yesterday I found like my glove. And, like, a couple of baseballs were hanging around at the gym, and I just had to, like, take it out of there. And there's some former players that are around playing catch or whatever, and I, like, put it on, and I immediately go back to this thing. It's just, like, this whole swagger thing happens, and this I click back over. But I don't live in that space really at all. You but know? you can visit it with joy. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's an accomplishment. Or I'll, like, see it on TV and then kind of, like, 
go down nostalgia lane. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not like the guy at the bar who's like, glory days. You know, <laughs> you know, that's a thing. No, for sure. That's hard. I mean, for any athlete, I have a lot of pro athlete friends. Mm -hmm. And I think for in any athlete's life, there's kind of an expiration date to yeah. at least one big chapter of themselves as an athlete, right, with their career. And it's not easy to navigate through transitions. Totally. Especially when, because I think a lot of times um, the athlete identifies their career as who they are. And that's fucking gnarly. I mean. It's borderline unfortunate. Yeah. To the point where, I don't want to say this, like it sounds like I'm saying this from like some sort of like higher place or whatever, but I think it would be hard for a lot of people to understand the level at which that's true to the point where I have like also friends, professional athlete friends, mostly in baseball, for example, that like I'm sad that their career isn't over yet. Mm. That's powerful. That's, yeah. That's yeah. rough. Yeah. And uh, they right. are too. Yeah. But you can't. Mm -mm. You can't own that and be in that thing. Right. It, that's like cancer to your soul. So totally. you have to put on the hat, show up to the thing, master your process. Show like, and the moment that you check out or remove yourself from that, like, it's game over, performance wise. Anyway, so right. So it's hard to be in that that space sometimes, you know. It's interesting because you can kind of take that and even if one is not an athlete, I think that that's just something that goes down in life period. Like so many people associate what they do as being who they are, right? Totally. And it's so... Mm. I mean, even beyond your career, which is like an easy common one, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if we're going to get into a meditative state, for example, like we're we aren't even the self that we recognize or that other people recognize, you know? We aren't our emotions. We aren't, the, like, Logan is a thing that maybe you call me and that I call myself and mm -hmm. I, whatever. But um, what is closer to the truth is if I could observe myself mm -hmm. participating in the world. And uh, from that perspective, identifying as an athlete in a specific sport is even more ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that is insane. Uh, but, you, can, you know, not Do like I would blame someone for no. thinking that. You know, Well, it's, I think it's, it's a... It's difficult. It is, and you have to... So, well, let me say this before I was going to say. Do, do you do that? Do you Can you observe yourself? Like, in your... Yeah. In your day-to-day, -day, in your actions, in your interactions... Fortunately, or unfortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, I do take on that perspective. And I think as you move through your own evolution, you can hold more space, but that comes with more responsibility. Okay. Yeah. And so I can. I'm not like a, you know, I don't live in like nirvana all day like some sort of like monk or whatever but uh, i can detach and observe and that is a tool that i'm trying to be in practice of yeah you know yeah um do you feel because so 
I've been writing my whole life and I don't, I just write for myself at this mm-hmm. point, right? Yeah. Well, now I actually write for the world too when I put things out on Instagram. I mean, it's definitely, you know, for other people as well. Um, but just meaning like I've never written a story or anything yeah. like that, right? Um, but what I, and I only realized this recently in like the last couple of years, what one of the greatest things that writing has given me is the ability to constantly be observing myself. Mm-hmm. Like I can think back to my younger days and I can think back about how conscious I was about, I was just like aware of everything with mm-hmm. me, you know, it's just. And that's also a, a snapshot inside of a lens that you, you include now, like you have those parts of you that have come with you till today, you know, like September 18th, you know, 2018, <laughs> those, you know, the older versions of you are here. Right. Uh, but I think what's interesting about reflecting on past writing or past perspectives is that then you aren't afforded the space that you can hold now. And so you can sort of see that difference. You're like, wow, like you're you're hearing your voice in a a smaller frame, you know. This yeah. is like the older me who totally. <laughs> like thought this was everything, you know. Right. And now just by definition, that's not everything. That's part of a bigger thing. Exactly. Right? And that's that's cool. Yeah, I I am not as diligent as I'd like to be with like personal writing, like writing yeah. for myself, like journaling or whatever, mm-hmm. reflective writing. Um, but I do have lots of journals from key periods of my life. Like when I was playing, I have a journal that's kind of like fun to go back and see. And then the period right after I was done playing, I have several journals that, you know, it's not quite every day, but it's just like often enough and, and you know, acutely detailed enough to the day to where you can read it and like be inside of your older self and it's it's gnarly uh in a good way you know do you do you think that when you were are there standout reasons maybe if you were to think about it now why in those particular moments you would turn to writing and be more consistent like right now you're not right right yeah i think you know, I, I don't believe it's a cop out to say that a lot of my life today is being recorded. You know, like yeah. this is a wonderful opportunity to to speak who I am today. I guess, um, and I do a lot of writing and other sort of expressions now. Mm-hmm. But then I knew that something was happening. First of all, I knew that my playing career wouldn't last forever, and those stories and those moments I, I didn't want to to lose yeah, that yeah. Um, but then after my career I knew that I was like going through this insane just metamorphosis right and yeah. I wanted to to sort of at least have some of that process with me because I was pretty certain it would come up again and it kind of is now Right, so yeah. a time where you sit down and you sort of introspect, and you're like, "Who am I? What do I believe is true? What, where are we going from here?" Mm-hmm. You know, et cetera. And um, it's just a fun period to to reflect on, um, because for me that was a tr- big transition. I think a lot of people don't make that transition. Right, you spend 20 years devoted to a sport or a certain craft or whatever, and then that's done. 
that can be really debilitating. That can that can mark the end of your progress for a lot of people. Totally. Like the thought of taking up a journey like that again is maybe exhausting, or they can't find another avenue to dump that type of work yeah. capacity into. And yeah. so um, I sort of went the other way and was just like, what does this look like going forward? Wait, what do you mean by that? Um, I guess to just speak about it specifically, yeah, please. I, uh, I was a type of player that wasn't very naturally gifted. I think like almost anyone would agree with you, um, scouts or teammates or whomever. Uh, you know, I had some tools, obviously, to do the things that I did, but if I were to declare what allowed me to have the success that I had, it was just like a flat out, I would just do more than you. I would just we will. Not work people. I would just, yeah, yeah, because I'm not that. I don't really have any results or evidence that's going to tell me that if <laughs> I don't just do more than you, that I'm going to like somehow accomplish any of this, you know? And so that was my, my move. And while I had enough awareness during my playing years to think things like when this is over with, mm-hmm. whether I'm 25 or 35 or 40 mm-hmm. or new, or newsflash, <laughs> like 23 or four or whatever, um, that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. There were things about that that uh, were very attractive to me. It almost didn't matter what I would be entrepreneurial in, but the idea, uh, it was also modeled to me. So like oh, yeah. the most inspiring, successful mm-hmm people I saw growing up, the the people who affected the most people, the people who made the most money, the people who made the biggest impact on the world were this thing called an entrepreneur. Right. (laughs) And they didn't graduate high school and, you know, they made something out of nothing and got to the world got to benefit from it. So I was like, that sounds hard and that sounds like it would demand the most of me. I want to do that when I'm done. So when I finished playing baseball, I sat with myself and sort of, like I said, uh, introspected. And I remember this ridiculous level of comfort. And this is a time in my life where technically I should be the most uncomfortable and scared. Yeah. Right? Because I like I got no like plan. Yeah. I got no other thing. I mean, I was a good student. I got like a degree or whatever. It's not like I was like not... <laughs> It's not like it wasn't fit for the world or whatever, but like, I, you know, what was nothing your specific. Uh, business and then a, a minor in, in leadership studies. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we had a, like a, a leadership school. Uh, that was really this cool. Makes sense. And, um, but I felt this like unbelievable calm mm-hmm. in a point in my life where I had virtually no reason to be calm. Yeah. You know? Right. Like it should have been gnarly and scary and like you know, a freak out moment maybe. Yeah. And I felt unbelievable calm because I was very uh, open to the idea of skill transfer that if I did anything Mm -hmm. the way that I did that, Mm -hmm. we're good. Like it doesn't matter what it is. Right. Because, and as not to sound like, egotistical but I think anybody who's listening to this should just enroll themselves in the hardest thing they think possible because whether you accomplish it or not what you'll realize 
on the back side of that mm -hmm. is just like take a look around and see how few people are willing to do that oh my gosh and that's who yeah. you're competing with i guess or that's who you that's that's who you're dealing with in the world right. so immediately you are unique and you have you are mm -hmm. willing to do something that others are not and so i figured if i could dump the type of just hours attention to detail work into uh, anything and because i didn't have a specific thing i broke it into like three categories it was like a physical one an intellectual one and a spiritual one and i was like if i just like take all these hours mm -hmm. and this work ethic and just like spread it across these three things i was like i want to meet that dude whoever that is yeah. and that i'm i'm very interested in who that person is and so i just started doing that and um it's kind of in my opinion has worked out in a way that serves me yeah. yeah well so you're there's so many things to say i'm gonna be focused <laughs> <laughs> about that i'm gonna try right now those are the realest Damn, there so many <laughs> <laughs> i want to be focused psych <laughs> exactly i have so many pins and things you said but i'm just gonna um was a, you're a high performance coach, right? Is that what you? Guess, yeah. How do you introduce yourself? I don't know, dude. I, I love Logan. this. Who are you? <laughs> I don't know. Who am <laughs> I? Who are you? Let me tell you something. I want to ask you that actually. That is know. a question that I ask myself in so many moments every day. Roxy, who are you right yeah, now? Yeah, totally. Who the fuck are you? Totally. Um, and it means so many different things, right? Mm -hmm. In so many different moments. When I'm training and it's hard. Yeah. I love asking myself that yeah. question. Like, who are you? And so when you just said right now, um, you know, who's that guy? That's the guy that I want to meet. Mm -hmm. So in the things that I envision for my life, at least in the next five years, right? I don't know about after that. We'll see. But things that I desire. It's one part those things, but it's, I think at this point, I really want to say that it's actually bigger part who I need to be to ex be experiencing these things. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that's like, I'm, I'm coming to, I don't want to say conclusion because fuck that, uh, comma, comma, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> it's like, but it's like. Is this really all about just constant discovery of self? And that's fine if it is. If it's like your relationships, your career. I mean, everything that you engage with, like, is it all, does it all boil down to, or maybe you have to be awake to actually even be thinking this or realize this, but like, is that what it comes down to? It's totally fine if it is. <laughs> I think that we have a certain duty to evolve and that's something that maybe i'm making a judgment about and maybe that's my opinion but i believe our own biology has shown that we have one job here right and that is to move the needle mm -hmm. right and this is shifting this is a unique time to be alive <laughs> what a time to be alive <laughs> uh it's a unique time to be alive because uh, survival of the fittest, so to speak, has been for much of our existence, if you want to just look at the, the sort of length of humanity, most of that time has been a very physical evolution of survival of the fittest. We had to figure out like how to 
we are not the most capable creatures on the planet mm-hmm. right like there's a bunch of animals that would beat the living hell out of us yeah. right okay so we had to evolve in a way to master our domain enough and collaborate enough to survive and mm-hmm. we've done that so far and now not to be like super maybe shitty uh it's really easy to survive right oh yeah right? so it's not hard to be born live long enough to have kids that's a wrap. Right. You don't need to be capable. You don't need to be smart. Mm-mm. Lord knows you don't need to be smart. <laughs> okay. You don't need to necessarily contribute anything. You don't even necessarily need to be better. You can just get worse every day of your life and still have kids. Right? <laughs> Such an early way to put it. And it's so it's true. It's so real. It's so fucking okay. real. So evolution in terms of survival of the fittest and that mechanism in a lot of ways is broken. Mm-hmm. Right, the the feedback loop is there. It's not necessarily rewarding, right? The fittest, right? Okay. Now that seems like we're good and like we're straight, mm-hmm. but our evolution now is conscious. Mm-hmm. The growing complexity of the world that we live in. I think we can all agree that, especially when you look in reverse, that the world that we live in is growing in complexity. This is a natural evolution. Mm-hmm is outpacing the complexity of most of our minds, our consciousness. Mm -hmm. And in that way, not my words, but uh, Robert Keegan's words, uh, in many ways we are in over our heads, meaning the complexity of the world is greater than the complexity of our ability to solve problems. Yeah. Right. Okay. Totally. So, like, what are our problems? We have this like climate change thing, artificial intelligence. We're just yeah. talking about the Elon Musk <laughs> thing. You know, borderless war. It's no longer like guys in the red jackets shoot the guys in the blue jackets. It's like right. who? It's who versus who? Right. It's, right. This is this is more complex, and it's right. growing more complex by the day. Well, our complexity in terms of the space that we can hold consciously Mm -hmm. is in many ways too simple for the world that we're living in and depending on who you're sort of um, reading or what research you're sort of looking into these stages have different names and different colors or whatever but generally speaking there's like four five or six stages where people draw certain lines and say like hey this is a stage and then you evolve to this next thing whatever most humans are today enrolled in a level of consciousness that is a socialized mind meaning where i uh, prescribe value where i identify where i seek meaning is given to me by socially reinforced structures. Like, I'm a Christian, Texan, Republican athlete who likes fast cars and my favorite color is blue. That sums you up. It'll teach you what to wear. It'll teach you what to say. It'll teach you who to vote for, what to reshare on Facebook, etc. what music to listen to, blah, 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 blah. Right. Okay. And that's outdated as fuck like based on the world that we are living in the world that we are living in is more complex than blue versus red unfortunately is much easier if life was that simple Mm -hmm. and you could just 
have your things decided for you in a very black and white way. Well, we evolve in our complexity when we can push through and sort of the framework that I subscribe to mostly, uh, Keegan's, it, would call the next stage this self-authoring stage, which is like, maybe you get to a certain age and you're like, yeah, I went to church every Sunday, but like, I'm like only down with some of that. And they're like, there's this other thing that I like. And like, maybe, yeah, like I was an athlete, but I'm not anymore. And then we start to do these things where we break our frame. Like mm -hmm. that's not, I'm not confined by these social allegiances I, I have. Like, yes, I was an athlete. I grew up Christian. I grew up in Texas, but I moved to Colorado. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I'm not down with someone or whatever. You know what I mean? I like, like pink Yeah, now. yeah. Shit. You're more, you evolve. You're more complex. And right. then so now you're the self-authoring person. And this framework works like it sounds. Like you hold the pen mm -hmm. to your existence. You get to say, I'm... Logan, let me tell you about Logan. And he has a certain code, and it's my custom code. It can't be confined by the Constitution or the Bible or whatever. It's, it's Maybe it includes some of that, but it is more. And that's how evolution works, is we transcend mm -hmm. and include our previous thing. Just like you here today include all your past journals you read mm -hmm. that that's still part of you but totally. it's not all of you no. right and this is a wonderful place to be because now you get to say what you want to say mm -hmm. right and you get to like push forth with your thing this isn't the final step though because <laughs> this self-authoring thing has some limitations as well Mind you, almost no one is in this stage. <laughs> okay. And the problem with this level of conscious development is that you begin to send and receive information in the world that supports your little code, the, the Logan code. Right. Right? Yeah. So very few people are really looking for how they might be wrong. Mm. Most people that have a dogma, that have a thing, mm -hmm. they have a... A podcast, no offense, I don't know what no, I'm saying, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or have a, a book or have a, a seminar or have mm -hmm. a, a thing that they're teaching. It doesn't really pay all that much to take on information that would make you wrong. Mm -hmm. So now we become rigid and we have these blind spots and we all know we have them. Mm -hmm. But if you're in the self-authoring stage, yeah, you get to hold a pen and write your own thing, but maybe you kind of like don't reshare that shit that proves your thing wrong, right? <laughs> and maybe you don't read the book that is all about the opposite of what you're about. Mm -hmm. And now we build a perfectly rigid fence around who you can be, and that's one next level. And the last level that we kind of know about is this self-transforming mind, and this is a place where we can do what we said earlier, which is observe yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's isn't that cute? That's Logan with his little Logan code. He <laughs> believes these things because we can see where he's been before mm -hmm. and what he thinks is true, and this is cute, right? And he lives in a world with other people with their own views, and they all interact with each other, and that's a little system. And then... There they are down there in Southern, <laughs> Southern California, you know, like doing beachy things and, or whatever, right? And there are oh, these right. systems all over our world. Right. And if you can live there, then you open yourself up to unlimited growth because people in this space are humble enough and open enough to the truth 
to find out how they might be wrong about their perspective. And that's infinite growth. Mm. Because you go around not trying to find out and prove and reassure how you might be right. Right. You're not looking. Yeah, it's, it's confirmation. You're interested in ultimate truth. And, yo, almost no one's playing that game. Right. Yeah. And that's the game we need to be playing. Because... Back in the day, it was like, hey, we need, we need fire. We need two arms. We need to know how to make spears and shit because these right. whatever woolly mammoths are coming. Well, <laughs> yeah, we're straight. You can be a moron, have kids, procreate, and this whole thing goes right up until it doesn't. Mm. And our planet doesn't work anymore or you know, we blow ourselves up with nuclear whatever. You know, whatever or like ai the whole thing right and so the next level of like our responsibility which is like i think why i just started this thing where i haven't stopped talking for 10 minutes is, no, I uh, love it. Please. is uh a responsibility to evolve because if not yo it's the same story that it's been for the last million years where it's a wrap if we don't evolve no and i and I don't know why I start with no to say yes. <laughs> it's so I, I so feel in alignment with that. It's really fucking powerful. I want to ask you, like, how do you? <laughs> what do you? <laughs> There's so that. many ways I can go I right now. <laughs> how, like, where do you? How did you arrive to this? I mean, that's a that's a fucking annoying question. Because I'm sure it's not an easy answer. I'm, I mean, I feel like it might not be, but like this is some deep thinking. This is this is being wide awake. This is being fucking honest. Well, I am being honest. Uh, yeah, no, but I mean, like uh, yeah. within yourself, like to be awake, you have to be on to know how to really grow. To grow, period. You can't fucking. You got to be. You got to be honest. Yeah. You're not growing if you're not honest. Yeah. I know that's kind of a, that's a little separate. It's a little different from whatever. You know what I'm trying to uh -huh. say. If you guys don't, I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <sorry>. catch up. <laughs> Y'all are in over your heads over there. This is a very powerful um, idea. I want to say it feels, it, it feels very true to me. How did you get here? How did you get to that place? I don't know. Um, to not completely dodge your question, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's an annoying. I, uh, one. No, it's it's good. It might um, be a good one. I I'm here because I specifically went for this lane of pursuit in baseball, and I reckon that game taught me that. If, if you live and die by performance, so to speak, you learn best practices mm -hmm. straight up. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like if, if I told you like, yo, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you are the other chick mm -hmm. at the end of the week. May the best woman win. Yeah. You would learn very quickly. You'd Google some shit. Yeah. How to, to figure out to, how to The best win. way to win yeah. the thing. Yeah. Okay. And uh, – I just learned that my opinion aside, how I felt about it aside, my emotions aside, the best way to, to develop was to find out what my weaknesses were and to like live there and grow the thing. Mm -hmm. Doesn't necessarily feel good, but that's how we're going to get results. So like, let's roll. And 
you know, that's like kind of silly because baseball is just a game and that's kind of over now. But as it turns out, that exploration of your edges where mm-hmm. you start to act funny, where you start to fuck up, right, is the the path is sort of the instruction manual to how you improve, how you get better. And I feel such a deep feeling, deep responsibility to maximize my time here. Like I feel like very lucky to to like be here. Yeah. And I can't like I appreciate the question, I know what you mean, mm-hmm. but I also kind of straight up I can't wrap my head around pretending there's something else more important. Like there's a bunch of fucking people right now that are like doing laundry and they like think that that's important. Right. Like right. no, I mean, you know what I mean? Like we got these bills <laughs> like mother like yeah. We we're only here so long. Right. Like let's let's plug into maybe why you're here, what what you're capable of and and sort of live there. And if you do that in a general sense, I know this is like a very general way to answer your question, mm-hmm. but that's lit literally why i'm i'm there in a general sense it's like yeah. how to move the needle and and evolve myself in a specific way uh i'm just surrounded literally by the best people like over and over and over again in my life the best world's best people have like fallen out of the <laughs> sky and like hit me in the lap i'm like what who are you? And then like literally over and over and over again. I've said this before in a podcast. I used to think in elementary school. Mm-hmm. So in my elementary school, I went to this like public elementary school up the road here where every grade had two teachers. And I remember being in like fifth grade and being like, I had the dopest first grade teacher. And, I, and then in second grade, I got the best one. And then like Mrs. Brown is way better than <laughs> Mrs. And, like, so I was just like, dude, I won. Like every time I won, I won, I won. Yeah. And then... Baseball, same thing, just pure gems and then strength coaches and then, you know, mental skills coaches and professors and the whole thing. And so I feel like very fortunate to extract a lot from the people that are around me. And then now I just kind of curate that, you know, I hang out with people that are killers and Mm -hmm. they push me Mm -hmm. and I'm interested in that. And, uh, you know, specifically the, all the, things that we just talked about that maybe I'll hear people just turn the podcast off no and, you know they fell asleep or something uh you know I, I have a, a coach who is a professor of mine is a great friend we've been friends for a decade uh Dr. Miller who has pushed my edges in terms of this consciousness mm-hmm. story right and so I think a lot of people in my profession have coaches who program them front squats and sled pushes but my, <laughs> my coach programs me books and things and that's and, amazing and so uh i'm highly interested in operating at the fringes of of capacity and so it's the people around me is the shortest way to say it <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just realized that like i'm just sabotaging this whole podcast and not, just like, no 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 <laughs> well, let, me, let me clear let me let me you're not sabotaging <laughs> I, I say no. nothing all day long and then I'm on I a podcast. I fucking love it. I love it. Well, no, people who listen to this podcast know I hang out in the deep end anyway. So this is a very appropriate conversation for me to be having. And the thing is, is like, you're a high performer in life. Do you consider yourself a high performer? Um, how do I answer that? Yes, internally. Often it doesn't pay, I find, to speak 
what I think about myself externally. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I mean, whatever. That's just my own opinion. No, I just but... called you out. I'm just... <laughs> no, that's fine. I have no... I don't know. It, yeah. I mean, but you can... Do you, I mean... Well, listen. I'll put it on me. Mm-hmm. Ask me. Am I a high performer? Are you a high performer? I'm a fucking yeah, high performer. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I'm not... A, the, I don't really buy into this... It's like I need to be humble. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. I show up every day. Yeah. I see who I am yeah. every day in every aspect of my life. Like I fucking see it. Yeah. And I'm proud of it. I own it. Doesn't mean I'm the best. It doesn't mean that there's areas where I could be better or I have. I mean, that has nothing to do with it. It's more about my integrity. Yeah. My honesty, my truth, yeah. and my being authentic, and am I really giving it my best? So, like every night when I go to bed, I ask, you know, it's like an honest question. I don't ask myself every night, but just I do ask myself this question: like, could you do better? Mm-hmm. Well, in this moment, right now, no. I think I've given it my fucking best yeah. in all these areas of my life where I really want to be, you know, moving the needle forward, pushing yeah. myself. So. I can say, yeah, I feel like a high performer. I I believe that I am. So I get you? what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, and, and you know where I was going with that, totally. right? Which is like, yeah, I feel very fortunate that um, I f- have felt free of a lot of things that I think people struggle with. Yeah. That that prevents them from going out and doing things or whatever, and. Um, you know, around folks like you, I think is very uh, appropriate and truthful to to speak on that. You know, I think just sometimes people act funny. You know, yeah. like I, to be honest, uh, I've said this before. I've never thought there was something that I couldn't do, like ever. Uh, you know, have you ever thought about that? In what way? Have you ever thought about that, that you've never thought? Yeah, I feel, I don't know why I have that, and I feel very blessed for it yeah. every day. I wasn't able to, I don't think I was able to choose that. I mean, I'm not a very, I, I live on like the nurture camp and not the mm-hmm. nature camp. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, totally. I don't think it really pays to, even if it's true, I don't think it really pays to take on the perspective that we are born a certain way. Yeah. We're born with a, with a certain destiny or whatever um i don't think it pays to believe in determinism uh but yeah i i internally Mm -hmm. if i want to be president i'll be president the only reason why i'm not an astronaut is i don't want to be one Mm -hmm. whatever it is we're good is how i operate generally that's that's fucking awesome yeah yeah, that is, I feel like it's a gift. Okay, well, oh, okay, all right, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna try and focus now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's you, let's go back. You let's, heckle we're your, going back to go for it. You heckle your own self. I'm gonna focus I now. Totally no, you ain't. <laughs> okay, it's time to focus. You should you see. You focus on shit. <laughs> you should see me when I'm by myself. That's so good. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's amazing. Um. Okay, so you leave baseball. You, <laughs> you're <laughs> It's 1985. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm so excited right now. So good. <laughs> it's like, you leave baseball, and one of the things that you said that was so fucking awesome is you you said like being an entrepreneur, whatever it was going to be, like this is something that would demand the most out of you. I mean, that in of itself is so special to kind of pin because the fact that you wanted to 
engage in whatever it was that was going to demand the most out of you. And that's where a lot of people shy away. Like it's, it's like you're willing to go down what potentially could be a very, and most likely uncomfortable path. Right. Yeah. And I think that more often than not, there's a, you know, a backing off to discomfort, which is so unfortunate because Fuck, that's where you grow. That's where everything happens, right? Yeah, I think, uh, and I, w- I would like to reiterate that that perspective is not out of some, like, mercenary, like, noble cause. Right. Straight up, I'm just more useful to myself and my community and my family if I'm in that environment. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Totally, yeah. Like, here's... I, I just spoke to uh, this entrepreneur class at a SMC last week, and what was the question? One of the girls in class said, like, what's a piece of advice that you have for someone who's interested in being an entrepreneur or starting a business? And I said, find the thing that you can, or l- like I just said, find the thing that would demand the most out of you Mm -hmm. because just in a very objective utilitarian way i am at a great advantage because i am currently in an environment where i can just work harder than all Mm y'all like let like let's go Mm -hmm. you know i i can just work longer better harder forever doing this thing now if i chose another environment you know, this is part of like what I get into in like the book is like uh, the example I use. Go right. That's yeah, your book, right? Yeah. Is like, okay. yeah, it's like uh, Dave Grohl. Okay. It's like a high performer musician who, you know, put in his whatever hours of deliberate practice to mastery as a drummer and a bunch of other instruments. You know, he he becomes the drummer of Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And I hesitate to use like sexy examples like this because people could always say like that's like a one in a billion chance like it's the music industry you never know who's gonna pop off. Dave Grohl's a good example because not only was he the drummer of Nirvana, which was like you know I think people who are into music would agree at the time like the most prolific rock band of its time. Fuck yeah! Okay, first concert ever. Really? Shut Pearl up. Jam opened up for Nirvana, and Nirvana opened up for Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh I'm bragging my right now. God. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I know. Don't you want to touch my hand? Yes. <laughs> Have you Pearl read Jam, Scar Nirvana. Tissue? Was that? Have you read Scar Tissue? No. Anthony Kiedis's book. Really? Yeah, no, I haven't. Read it anyway. Uh, so you could say that dude just got lucky million drummers he got the right place right time whatever whatever he sort of trumps that Mm -hmm. because we all know what happens after Kurt Cobain dies you know Dave Grohl is in this mourning phase whatever Uh, part of his you know dealing with this suffering is he gets back in the studio and Foo Fighters happens. Mm-hmm. Well, Foo Fighters, I don't know if people know that story, is literally Dave Grohl goes into the studio, mm-hmm. lays down the drums 
for whatever it is, 13 tracks, lays down the bass for 13 tracks, lays down the guitar for 13 tracks. There's one song with one guest appearance on guitar. Everything else is Dave Grohl. And then he lays down the lyrics for all 13 tracks, takes it to a friend. What do you think about this? I think it's pretty good. Shop it out. Platinum album. Doesn't have a band. I didn't know that. That's fucking badass. Fucking badass. <laughs> Incredible. Not a fluke. I'm back, motherfuckers. Right. I got skills. Yeah. Dave Grohl chose an environment to be in that he can just produce more, better, deeper, quality, impactful work than he could, I would bet, doing anything else. Mm. Okay, so you take that same guy, whether you're a Dave Grohl fan or, or not. I'm mostly a Dave Grohl fan just because of the story I just told you. It's <laughs> really good. Yo, I'm sure he's a hard worker and a great guy or whatever. Let's take Homeboy down here to Source Cafe mm -hmm. or Bank of America or anywhere else and apply for a job, get the job. Like, how much overtime can he do? How hard, like, could he possibly contribute the level of quality in any other of those things that he does in music? And I, the rhetorical question is like, there's no way. Right. There's no way. And he reaps the benefit of that. And because I just told a story about some stranger that I've never met before, obviously I benefit mm -hmm. from his contribution to the world. Right. Imagine that dude cashing checks right now at Bank of America. How sad is that? Yeah. That makes me want to cry right now. And there are yeah. people doing that. Most people are doing that. Most people are doing that. Oh my god! No, it's so true, dude. I want, and this is not judging. I literally just—it was so impacting when I experienced it today. But going to whatever, I won't say it's like a store. Uh huh. And you know, the door opens and there's a beep, and I walk in, and the person at the register says, "Welcome to da 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 da." Yeah. Right. Go get my thing. I'm walking out. Yeah. The beep goes on. Beep goes on. <laughs> Guy goes, welcome to... No. Logan! No! Logan! I hurt inside in that moment. You just rolled a grenade so in there, didn't you? And you walked away. <laughs> didn't look back. Slow motion. I, was like, oh. I literally was like, fuck, are you serious? You know? And here's the interesting part. Like, if we're going to just... Let's go there, right? It's like, on the one hand, you can say, fuck, this person who is gifted this blink of an eye moment to be alive is just like on autopilot so deep that like he doesn't even know if coming or going it's just like you know and that's an, not just in the store I'm sure that's you know or maybe not maybe the person's super happy and that's like the simple life and it's comfortable and I don't know but the point is is like I just love that Dave Grohl story I love why you even are affected by that story like you know what i mean like yeah. that's important and choose like you so you brought up let's let's continue to go for it you brought up <laughs> well maybe they're happy right maybe they are but i think depend like any uh angle that you choose to view that at like Maybe it's not fame. Maybe it's not money. Maybe it, maybe some people don't need to work a lot. And then it's this other, like, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm. I'm talking about, like, what you contribute to yourself and to the world. Yes. And straight up, what you experienced today is a low-level expression of of that person. I believe in that person more than that. 
Right. You know? Love that. And uh, there's a lot of folks, unfortunately, and it's because we're scared. Everyone's scared. Yeah. And and that seems less scary maybe than trying something hard and failing. Mm-hmm. And I, I empathize with that hard. But anybody who's done anything hard or at a high level in anything realizes that it's all scary everywhere. And there's uncertainty everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Yo, that store is going to be a wrap one day. And guess what? Hi, welcome to whatever is replaceable as fuck. Right. Right. Well, Talk about I, AI. I can get a... I can get a a program to do that bro right beep goes off say welcome to the fucking thing like that is a that is an unremarkable expression yeah. unremarkable expression you know and um fuck fuck is right <laughs> now i'm pissed because you went to the store <laughs> dude and it's so funny that that happened um before I was going to have a podcast with you, I just, I knew you would actually, I didn't know if I'd actually tell you, but I knew that you would, it would do something to you Yeah, too. you knew. I just fucking knew. I know how to piss this dude off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know right what's off. so cool about what you say? It's like contributing. Um, so maybe this is the best way for me to try and get out what I want to say. So in all the things that I'm reaching for in my life, the intangibles, even the tangibles, like everything, right? Yes, I get to benefit from it. There's that. But really, it's not just me. So, like, if we were to take my lifestyle, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm an athlete by way of life, so training is not, you know, it's an everyday thing. Movement is an everyday thing, right? Um, My diet, all of that is, it's at a very high standard. It's a very high level. One that serves me. Mm -hmm. Serves me in a way where I get to really feel like I'm living from an optimal state. Like I I feel good Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis, right? And that feeling good allows me to just express myself in a way that I want to be expressing myself, right? Mm So... Example, when I go to Whole Foods to buy my food and the person asks me, you know, and they're kind of on autopilot sometimes, like, hey, how are you? I stop. I'm present. I feel good. I'm like, I'm right fucking here with you. I'm great. How are you? I mean, that to mm-hmm. me is, that's important, right? Yeah. And that's just like one example of how me feeling good, the things that I do in my life, the things that I'm reaching for, all all of it, every day, is not just for me. It's because we're conduits of energy. Everything affects everything, you know? And to to not realize that responsibility is, I don't... It's, so like, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate that given the choice that we would choose to be detrimental to ourselves and to others. I think as I say that sentence, everybody is like, maybe like, it's easy to get behind that. You nod, you're like, yeah, I agree. Like, that's a bummer. But if you look at our behavior, that's a, we we do that over and we do that everywhere. <laughs> right. That's like, it's like rare to not do that. Right. And um, it will never likely, I don't want to like, make this deterministic but it will it will likely never be popular Mm. to to do the harder of two things Mm -hmm. and that is sort of the crux of being in the real world (laughs) 
So wait, so okay, I wanna. So who are you really? Like, are you, <laughs> I don't even know, man. Are you, <laughs> are you, so who are you really? Yeah. Okay, no, you're you're a coach. You speak around the world. You give seminars, right? Mm-hmm. Hold the standard. Is that? Yeah, uh, I mean, so yeah, I don't want to be like I'm above titles or whatever, no. but like, uh, yeah, so. I'm a movement coach, like I teach strength and conditioning. I guess if I had a specialty, it would be in the sport of strongman. So that's like, uh, you know, old school, like ESPN2, <laughs> sponsored by Metrics, <laughs> Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Okay. You know, the you know the uh, the stones, the Atlas stones and the log and the kegs or whatever. So if I had a specialty, it'd be that. Um, I'm a gym owner, so I own three gyms here in LA under the the Deuce brand and we are a, a strength and conditioning gym where people come to get coached we're sort of like a school of of fitness in that way and the seminars that I teach are in sort of the world of leadership and organizational culture and the brand or the company deuce is like a case study for ideas that aren't like fitness ideas they're like everything ideas yeah and um i'm highly interested in that because it's through entrepreneurship that i think we can drive some of the the development that we talked about before Mm -hmm. what we know about the highest level operating groups teams organizations is that they most of them have at least two bottom lines right or two jobs we'll say one is the thing that they do Mm -hmm. so if you were a hair salon the thing that you would do is hair and then there's like another job which is development meaning there's some part of this hair salon that would develop the craft of that thing Mm -hmm. and develop other people to do that thing. And so in a very superficial way, we slang fitness, we coach them up. Yeah. Also, we are a place of development for leaders and coaches. It's a very self-serving goal, Mm -hmm. but um, high performance teams do this. They, they place, uh, a lot of value on development. It's sort of insurance against complacency, stagnation. It sort of informs how you can not just win today, but you can win tomorrow and so on and so forth. And so over the years, the Deuce has become, yes, this brand that represents lots of layers of things, a lifestyle maybe, or you know, training and a bunch of different specific things from like gymnastics to powerlifting to whatever suits you. Uh, but we develop coaches. And so that's where the most of my work is now is less in the gym with the movement side and it's coaching other coaches. And so we have uh, that happens in person here in Venice and also online and you know, more than a thousand coaches around the world have in, enrolled themselves in something that we have to teach, and uh, it's awesome. It's cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. The the seminar is really exciting because that is where I get to. That's like my edge. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where I get to grow. And um, that's holding the hold the standard summit. Yeah. yeah. And so um, this is a room that is still mostly filled with gym owners and entrepreneurs and leaders that have some sort of interest in fitness. But I sort of self-evaluate how well I'm doing my job based Mm -hmm. on how many people in that room are not gym owners and fitness people. And it's evolving in in the ways that I would like. And that's because the things that I have to say in that seminar completely transcend. Like we're not talking about front squats, y'all. You know what I mean? That's not what this (laughs) is. No. Yeah. yeah. No one cares. Yeah. (laughs) Or I don't care. People care. (laughs) I don't give a shit. Um, And so, yeah, that's, it's important work, I think. Um, we are inside of the information age, as we know, and we are told all the time. And this wouldn't be the first place that you've heard this, but we know that in your iPhone is every thought that's ever been thought. All the information is there. Right. And so the next sort of wave of this mm-hmm. after the information age is like, yo, that's a given. We have it all google that shit is well what do we do with it and this goes back to what i said earlier we we're in over our heads you are not capable you are not yet the person you need to be Mm -hmm. to solve the problems that you have right and if it was for a lack of information then all the fucking books you read that didn't do shit Mm would have done it right like uh, i talk about the same examples all the time but like you know how many people in this country need to lose 25 pounds that know all the diets? Right. Bro, it's not about yeah. the information. Right. And so we need to move the needle on that. Well, that's what excites me about the summit is because it's technical, meaning there is information in there. Like if you just like close your ears and close your eyes, you would leave on the second day with a bunch of information that you could make your business better or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool. There's a million weird people on Facebook slinging that. <laughs> but the real value, in my opinion, is this adaptive change, adaptive leadership conversation. And technical leadership means I'm leading you by giving you information. Mm-hmm. This is one way to do an armbar. Right. We need that shit. Right. We need all that. Right. Get, go get it. But if at some point the problems that are getting in your way Mm -hmm. are not solved with more information than it is an adaptive challenge, meaning you need to become a different you. (laughs) Fuck. I'm like, you're speaking in my heart right right. now. Logan. (laughs) And we are blowing it because how we're trying to solve these adaptive problems is like we're trying to Google it more. (laughs) And fucking stop. (laughs) (laughs) Just stop. (laughs) Just stop. No, keto, for sure, keto. <laughs> Bro. Oh, my God. Maybe it's not keto. Well, Maybe it's you self-sabotage. Maybe it doesn't matter what the thing is. Right. Right? Okay, so yeah. how do we talk about the other thing? Right? Well, if you understand how it works, how adaptation works, then you can learn and apply to yourself and teach other people, put other people in environments with the mechanics and the, the the gears that would help someone evolve 
to be able to solve adaptive challenges. And if you can do that, I'm not going to say like you're chilling, but you, you well, have, you're in a good place. You can you can navigate your life indefinitely towards growth. Right. Um, That's fucking badass. When did you yeah. come? Was this your thing that you just decided? You're like, I need to do this. I need to. Create um. This? And how so, long have you been ha having these summits? So the summits have been a couple years. The first one was in Spain, in like. It's not a bad place Maybe for so, a fucking yeah, summit. Yeah. <laughs> were you in Barcelona? Where were you? I'm I bougie as hell with oh, my I summits. <laughs> I like. We're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go to all so the cool places. Yes. <laughs> Strategy. People are like. When are you coming to like Fort Lauderdale? Or I'm like, yo, no disrespect, never. I'm just not. You know? And oh, so, shit. yeah. I'm getting on a plane, you get on a plane. Uh, sorry, that was a tangent. No, um, so, yeah, it, it, it's like, it, it's the natural evolution to my own thing. So, yes, it's helping people. Mm -hmm. And yes, people go there and they, they, pay money and they sit down and they learn a thing and that's cool but it's really for me let's be honest right like i i am challenged i'm a different person now i get yeah. to have that right right and if we just do the quick backstory on like my own development and say strength and conditioning yeah finished being an athlete uh then i become a strength athlete Fitness athlete sounds so dumb. Oh, <laughs> fucking people, man! I hate the fitness. So the fitness is hilarious. It is funny. It's hilarious. Anyway, so I do that thing, and then uh, you know I become a coach because that's where I want to express my entrepreneurial thing. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point, not that you can't get better forever at that. Of course you can, just like right. you can as an athlete. But what would push my edges the most is, hey, could I understand coaching on enough of a level to coach another person to coach? That's pretty gnarly. That's yeah. hard as fuck. Yeah. So then we, in a sort of self-serving way, realized that the best teams and organizations in the world develop people at a high level. We need to do that. So now I'm responsible for developing other coaches. Well, that thing grows to the point where the next iteration is, well, could I coach another coach to coach other coaches? Yeah. <laughs> is everybody asleep yet? <laughs> okay. And it's, it's a thing, right? And so could I understand leadership on a level to not just like be that, but could I teach it to someone else? And then now we hit, so that's the, the summit i mean that's you, that's a different level of understanding yeah i think we, we all know yeah we all right. know that like there's a certain level of like i'm the doer and then could i understand something well enough to teach it to someone else i just think about jujitsu yes and that's gnarly yo i cannot teach, teach anyone in jujitsu <laughs> but i'll be over here <laughs> tap 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 <laughs> tap 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 oh man yeah. i know uh how are you doing good? I'm great. Yeah. No, so, so it was a it was a semi selfish evolution of my own thing. It's okay. like the, it's like the hardest thing I think about doing. Okay, well, I'm glad you said that word because I heard you somewhere <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> on also the internet. true. It was so good, but I loved it because this word selfish is really interesting to me. I I want Can I just throw it at you and Do it. 
there, selfish, go. What, what does that mean to you? Like what, you said something about, it's almost like people, this is a disservice, right? When you're being selfish, but it really, yeah. it's like the fucking best thing that you, yeah. right? So when I, I talk about this, I like to throw a, a disclaimer in the beginning, which is that some, at least some percentage of this issue we're about to discuss <laughs> is semantics of language. Sure. So like okay. language, like co there are codes that mean other things, right? Mm -hmm. That's how that works. Okay. So I'm not talking about the semantics of language because after I'm done talking, someone will say like, yeah, but like, and I'm going to be like, <laughs> fucking not that. Right. Okay. Right. You're missing it. So the connotation that most people have with the word or the term selfish is negative. Mm -hmm. Now, self-sacrifice generally has a universally positive connotation. Mm -hmm. And I've done this before where I ask people like, who is the best example you know of in self-sacrifice and like the most common answer i get is mother Teresa. you can say whoever you want but like <laughs> mother Teresa is That's a good a example one. yeah now to believe that being selfish honoring self self-respect at the highest level is negative or bad and that somehow self-sacrifice is a greater virtue would suppose that Mother Teresa would rather do something else with her life than what she did. Now, we don't get to interview her to find out the answer, <laughs> but I would fucking bet that my girl, Mother MT. Teresa, MT, yo, MT, would look you in the face and say, I will choose to do this eight days a week. And that that is the highest expression for her mm -hmm. of self-respect, her being selfish. I said it, Mother Teresa, selfish. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They can't see me like fucking moving around <laughs> so, here like this. Thank God. Dude, that's important shit. Yeah. People need to hear that. Because, like I said earlier, everybody's scared. Right. And because everybody's scared, what most people are doing, and this sounds judgy, I'm not judging, I'm in it with y'all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fuck, every day. What most people are doing is because they're scared, they're trying to hedge. So like if you're betting in like the stock market, like a hedge is a way to like protect some of your, mm -hmm. your risk. Okay, so they're trying to hedge their vulnerability. We don't like falling flat on our face and failing and getting hurt and experiencing these sort of negative uncomfortable. feedback, uncomfortable environments. And so because we are scared, our behavior gets weird and we get around other people who intentionally hedge their own vulnerability and we lock arms and we huddle up and we say like it's okay right like it's hard out here right like you know bills whatever uh, can't blame me right 
because we're scared and we don't want to be out there alone, vulnerable. And we get to attach cool words to that, like self-sacrifice, man, I got this nonprofit, man, like whatever. And it's like, I'm not not knocking nonprofits, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that people in the name of self-sacrifice find safety from like the mirror of like who they really are. Like I would rather self-sacrifice and like live for other people and diminish myself if it allows me to avoid looking in that mirror a little bit. And that's so heavy that people will give away their whole life. They will never know who they could have been Mm -hmm. because it's too scary. Brutal. It's brutal. (laughs) Right? Now, it's the same reason why think about all the people you admire. There are all these people that are going for it. Mm-hmm. You secretly want that. Mm-hmm. You're just scared. It's okay. Those people are scared too. And the thing that I was just talking about this earlier up at the pool is like, man, there's also a community. It's just smaller mm-hmm. of people who are being vulnerable and they're trying hard things and they're so scared. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. And they, they live in uncertainty as well. What those people, like whoever you're, is on the poster in your room of like Justin Bieber or whoever, <laughs> your favorite actor, your favorite musician, whatever, they are living in uncertainty just like you are and they're failing every day. Like you said earlier, I wake up every day, something to the effect of like, and I know I'm doing like my my best. I'm, 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 no, I'm, I'm doing. It. I'm giving my best. Okay, that's the part you get to control. That's the process. Right. Let me ask you another gnarly question. Have you nailed it? Like, have you gotten? Have you perfected any of the things that you want? Like today, today go perfect. Did the podcast start perfect? You tried to start with a thing. We didn't even do the thing. Oh, right? <laughs> you're blowing it. This podcast I never is read it. this podcast is fucked from the beginning. <laughs> Right. You're giving your best effort, and it's a great podcast. Oh I think everybody's going to enjoy it. <laughs> but, like, it's not the perfect one. No. Okay? And so people who are so afraid that they won't try and they'll self-sacrifice think, I, I believe, they think that the reality of these people that they admire is not full of this sort of failure and dissatisfaction and constant negative feedback this constant like striving for a thing and landing somewhere below it yeah yeah like yo donald glover murdering it yeah killing it (laughs) he's not matching his vision he's not i i don't know the guy right but he's not right the performance was ah like one damn Mm. it the thing the transition in the first court fuck Uh, there's all these deviations from his standard. Like you're yeah. talking about uh, black belt beauty is like this sort of standard, this highest level thing or whatever. And we're all, it's you, thank expression. God you are like going for it. Right. But, like I hate to like be rude in your yeah. own house, but like you're Please. not there. No, I'm certainly not there. And neither am I and no one is. No. But some people are willing to try and other people will self-sacrifice. Well, some people are driven by that and some people are afraid of it to the point where, like you said, I mean, I'll use myself as an example. Yeah, there's a lot. Hold on. Yeah, I saw it on here earlier. So <laughs> good. Do you, have you read this? No. 
It is so fucking good. If you need more water. Mm. Um, You're good. So I just held up one of my favorite books, and I'm so weird about It's so funny. It's like so one of my favorite books that I actually don't even talk about it. How mm-hmm. weird is that? Fucking selfish. It's like your thing. It's selfish. like, I know. It's like, be mm. selfish. The art of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I love this book. So to go back to what you were saying is when I started, before I started the podcast, oh man, there's so much fear. I mean, this is so like learn as you go. I just know there's something so deep inside of me that feels like home. This is my space. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. There's, I don't have it all figured out, but I know that this is where I belong. This is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that's a better way to maybe mm-hmm. even put it. And I'm just going to get, I'm going to learn as I go and I'm going to get better. And whereas like some people maybe would want to do something like this, start their podcast using it as the example, but the fear of performance of, you know, succeeding of all that stuff is just too debilitating that mm-hmm. they don't, you know, they, they, they back yeah. down. So, so I want to throw this in here and see what you do with it. See what I do with it. Do something with it. Do something with it. <laughs> and it all will make sense, I think. Okay. So people, um, over the years, whether it's in the gym, whether it's I just got done training and I'm in my clothes and I'm at Whole Foods and people ask like, "What do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your, what's your sport?" Yeah. You know. And so, the fucking only answer that I can really come up with that makes the most sense is life. Life is my sport. Mm-hmm. And so I want to break that down to you, and then yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of different forms of movement so brazilian jiu-jitsu high intensity interval training i come from a family of you know athletes Mm and um i grew up like as a child as a kid i was a competitive runner Mm -hmm. um long distance i do beach runs i do i fucking move it i lift i do all kinds of yoga Mm -hmm. right and here's the thing surf Mm -hmm. so each one of these it's all about like what's below it like yes i appreciate what's on the top what i'm actually doing but it's so much deeper than that. So when I'm running in the sand and I'm already at like an hour in and it's hot as fuck and I'm uncomfortable and I want to stop, I just think about the endurance that I need for my life, for these things that I'm pursuing, these things that I'm passionate about. There are times where, you know, surfing, you're sitting and you got to fucking wait a long time for mm-hmm. your wave. Mm-hmm. Great ones going by. You can't get frustrated. Yeah. That'll blow everything. Mm-hmm. You gotta just sit and be patient, and you get your wave eventually. Um, yoga. I mean, knowing how to fucking breathe. Just jujitsu. I mean, this is like knowing how to be comfortable and discomfort. There's a big ass guy on top of me wearing geese. I'm hot as fuck, and I just gotta. I can't lose myself in that moment. I have to be. I have to have composure. And I fucking love that word so much. So I take all these lifting. I got to be strong in my life. I got to be, you know, so it's like I take all these pieces. I use my modalities of training really just to fucking enhance this being that I am so that I can live this expression of life that I want to live. Totally. And that, that life that, is my sport. <laughs> that, that's, um, that's amazing. And what's beautiful about it is uh, that's those are all your choices. And someone could have similar results choosing different things across the board. Totally. Right. And that goes back to that idea of skill transfer that I mentioned earlier is like we, we benefit from 
the context of the practice that we're in. Mm-hmm. You know, the the ultimate trump card when you're doing like heady conversations is none of this matters, right? <laughs> like pff, this is like a blip in time, like none of this matters, right? right? And so the way to sort of uh, nullify that claim is that, well, if none of this matters, right, if our life is just a moment, a speck of dust in the thing, and, you know, we, we <laughs> can no longer relate, and it just we use that as, a, as an excuse to avoid all this hard work and all that, none of this matters. Then you can get to the place where, okay, if none of this matters in the grand scheme of things, then we get to decide what matters. And there's a reason why we draw the lines on the field, and we say, how about three outs an inning? And three strikes makes an out. And there's first base, second base, third base. And there's home plate. And then if you go around, and then it counts as a run. And then, you know, you can score runs. And then we'll switch bases. And I score runs. And the people, <laughs> would, right? Yeah. And in jiu-jitsu, there, there's rules, mm-hmm. right? And so you can submit people. And these frameworks, the ocean, I'm going to go out on this board. I'm going to go out to these waves, whatever. It provides the the meaning and the context for your behavior in there. Mm -hmm. And it allows us to get feedback because if nothing matters, we're just in this like vacuum, then like we get no information and then we're just here. But if you choose to put yourself in an environment like, okay, let's make a game. Uh, You wear this weird outfit. I wear this weird outfit. We can't punch or kick each other. But when one of us quits, you, you, uh, you lose and then the other person wins and we're going to call it jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Right? And then you start learning all these best practices. Well, there's this like move I can do. There's this thing. There's this technique that's better than this other technique that I had. And then you just go down the rabbit hole and you learn the thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why it pays to put yourself in environments with some sort of structure for feedback. Because mm-hmm. this feedback is how we get better. It's information for how we improve. Um, you know, Weightlifting, for example, like the sport of weightlifting, meaning like the uh, snatch and clean and jerk that you see in the Olympics. Very few rules. One event, bar starts on the ground. How much weight can you get overhead? Except I'm going to allow you to stop the weight at your shoulders. We'll call that the clean and jerk. Right? And there's the snatch where bar starts on the ground, most weight possible to get overhead. You can't stop with the weight anywhere. Right? Now, if you're a weightlifting nerd, you know that there are some other rules about like what you can wear and what you can't. In the 70s, I believe, is when they allowed bar contact of the hip, and that changed some of the techniques. But yo, there's no rules about like where you put your hands and like you know what a clean looks like and what a jerk looks like and what a snatch looks like. These are all just the best ways these people have found to accomplish the task and the sport. Just a bunch of people being like, here's the game. Weight's on the ground, put it over your head. Heaviest person wins. <laughs> you start to go down the rabbit hole. Like, well, what are the best techniques? Maybe maybe I should do some extra squats on the side. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should get my press up. Maybe I need to be flexible enough to be in this position. right? And this is just specific to weightlifting. Right, right. right. And yeah. so it's important for us to, if we're interested in development, to put yourself in environments, and they're all artificial, all this shit's made up, mm-hmm. in environments that will give you feedback because that feedback will inform how you can improve. And that's what you've done, right? That's what surfing is. That's what yoga is. That's what all of this stuff is. You found out that it's kind of miserable to breathe like shit in a 90-minute yoga class where it's hot as fuck and that 
improving and addressing this breath thing would leave you with a richer, fuller, mm-hmm. more beautiful experience. Right. And now that is one level of feedback inside of your yoga practice. Then you mm-hmm. find like, oh, there's these certain positions I can't get in and I'm failing on these one, right? Right. And that is feedback and it allows, right. it's a mechanism for you to improve. Most people that like, not to judge, but like maybe look at you in the grocery store, they're like, how do you do it? Right? Yeah. They haven't either been blessed with or don't necessarily seek out environments that would inform them how to improve right right they're just like living right i wake up sometimes i feel like shit sometimes i don't sometimes i eat sometimes i don't what i call autopilot yeah and so if life is your sport Mm -hmm. you're sort of seeking out environments that often reflect sport and sport's just a wonderful environment just like entrepreneurship right where you are constantly given feedback and if you're open to that feedback, then you have an opportunity to improve forever. And now you have all kinds of cool results to show for it, right? It's Damn. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> Fucker. <That was> awesome. <laughs> Wait, I have to bring something up that was really good that I feel like everybody needs to hear who's Which listening. <sighs> this one really, I wish you could have seen me when I first fucking heard you say it. Oh. You're like, are you scared? Let's <laughs> Can you explain what a low-performing conversation is? Oh man! Oh, um, so good. You want me to? You want it? I think I know what you mean. Uh, are you Are you talking about like the? So like lack if the Eagles f- feedback. Oh yeah. Okay. I know. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you mean. That shit's so good. Okay. <laughs> you need water? No, I'm okay. So, so what you're talking about is I'm comparing and contrasting high performance individuals and teams versus low performance individuals and teams and one indicator of let's say a high performance group is their the effectiveness of their communication whoever's listening i think could maybe imagine what the communication, whether they've been in a locker room like this or not, what the communication would be like in their like favorite sports team's locker room, like at halftime or whatever. And it wouldn't shock anyone to assume that that communication is very direct. Uh, sometimes I think when we think about and glorify sports, see them in movies or whatever, it's kind of like harsh people tell you how it is fucking hit your spot it's an outright on one whatever tom brady's fucking yelling at some guy i don't know anything about sports <laughs> right and they are able to make a beeline towards the truth and that environment is really healthy it really speaks to performance because that's what sport demands when you get paid millions of dollars to do a job and if you can't do your job there's 8 million other kids in line for it, you find out the best way to do your job mm-hmm. very clearly. Except most of us are on teams in like the quote unquote real world that are just low performing, underachieving, sad ass organizations where we don't communicate that way at all because we're afraid. We're actually part of an organization that probably isn't really interested in the highest version of itself. People are trying to get that money and get out. Hey, man, I'm just doing my job. They, they do this a lot. They put their palms up a lot. Hey, 
If you put your palms up ever, you know you're blowing it. Have you ever done that? No, I don't think so. Maybe you got a parking ticket? What? I th- <laughs> no, just do it right now. Open your mouth and put your palms up. You're a victim. You're a victim. Uh, it should be a video it's podcast. Just, uh, it should I'm fucking slapping my knees all over my What? How do you spell what? It's like there's like a Y in there. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. We don't you're not interested in the truth in a whack ass low performing job. How do you talk to each other? Susan. <laughs> Good to see you. Now, how was it? good weekend? Yeah, yeah. No, long weekend. Good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, how are we doing? I'm like fucking ninety seconds into nothing so far, and all this is some bullshit. She doesn't want to have it. I don't want to have it. We're still not getting better, and we do this compliment critique compliment sandwich bullshit, and it is. By nature, low performance, not because I like I'm trying to talk shit about like corporate America or something like that, but it's it's just ineffective, and the feedback loop is much slower. The reason why people uh maybe in the thing you, you heard me say the example was like the Eagles because I think they won the Super Bowl or something was like yeah. if you are competing at the highest level in anything. If it takes you two plays to make an adjustment and you're playing against people that make an adjustment in one play, you're out of business. If it takes you a whole season to make an adjustment, you are in middle school and you don't even make the high school team. And so high performers are interested in the truth because they need the best possible information to make adjustments. Mm -hmm. That's what we just said, that your, your, your sport is life. You're in all these environments that give you feedback and you're interested in that. You're like, yo... Well, how am I how am I blowing it? You you said that earlier, completely unsolicited. You're yeah. like, how can I be doing this better? Like, what can I do differently? These mm-hmm. are questions that high performers ask because it's critical feedback to the future version of yourself that you haven't met yet. Right. And high performance teams get past their own ego bullshit and their feelings, and they realize that hey, maybe it doesn't feel that good for you to call me a motherfucker and get on the ball and hit my right out or whatever football players are called. <laughs> Uh, but guess what? We're both trying to do something hard, and we want, really want to do this. We share a lot of great purpose in this, so it works. Yeah. And high-performance teams and people are able to get to truth faster than other people. It's like such a beautiful end piece, and it makes me think. Like, I, I can't help but think that that also applies to relationships. Totally. Fuck. And the end piece just makes it even more the case that you know if you want to be in a a relationship that just fucking i don't know i don't even know how i want to say what i want to say but just as isn't growing doesn't really hold substance and value and continues to grow substance and value and that all has to that all has to survive or the foundation of that needs to be truth so the communication needs to be on that level right totally. like let's not fucking dance around I don't know. I just think and it's so it's, transferable. It's way easier said than done. Like, let's For like, just sure. straight up, whatever. You know, maybe your relationship's not trying to win the Super Bowl or whatever. Right. It should be. <laughs> you know? 
Victim. <laughs> you know? Um, They're like, what the fuck? So good. They can't. We would call it palms up in college. Do you just go palms up on me? Oh, really? Is yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. I didn't know that. You can't go palms up on someone else. <laughs> There's a lot of unwritten rules in, in baseball, and they're largely around respect. So um, martial arts is good about this, too, like yeah. mutual respect. Yeah, yeah. So, like, baseball is funny because even, like, you know, turn on Major League Baseball tonight, uh, there are, like, unbelievably rude, disrespectful things being said. But as long as you don't, in baseball it's called show someone up. Okay. As long as you don't show that you're being disrespectful is okay right so as a catcher think about my position i wear like all this shit and i'm like kneeling behind home plate and i have like a mask on yeah you know i can catch a pitch that i think is a strike umpire calls it a ball and as long as i'm facing forward <laughs> and i have my mask on <laughs> i can be like are you fucking kidding me bill is it gonna be nine innings of this bullshit I throw it back. I'm like, that, that is imp- you cannot miss that pitch. You just can't. You can't miss the pitch. I'm just saying it's fucking bullshit. You can literally do that and be like, wow. no, nah, lo- Gelby, we're all right. I got you, buddy. And we're fine. And it's like, as long as you do that. But if you if I turn my shoulder or like, you can see examples of this all over Major League Baseball. The moment I like turn my shoulder or you tip up your mask, ejected from the game immediately. Because it's a it's a it's a sign of disrespect, right? That's so, so it's like, interesting. So palms up, you cannot go. What the fuck? <laughs> it's such a victim. Like, <laughs> you're fucking up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just, I don't know how we got there. Palms That's up. Dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. High performance conversations in relationships and how they, you know, so not just in. Yeah. Teams. Well, a relationship is a team. Hopefully, right? Should be. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, you know, so I get into trouble, not in trouble, but people, my shtick in like the leadership conversation is around um, negative feedback or people don't like that because they got feelings, but like uh, disconfirming information. We know that that's where you're going to evolve. It's right. the information that we need to seek out. So I think the general perspective so is kind of like capping on what we just said. Like the general perspective is... If you just start with the awareness that you have an ego mm-hmm. and it's always going to feel way better to be right and it's always going to feel way better to be complimented and told how great you are. Mm-hmm. If you can sort of just like hold that in your mind and then also hold that it's always going to feel a little icky to for someone to tell you how maybe you made a mistake or where you're coming up short. And that that type of information is what you really need to get better. So if we can just like take a few steps back, mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't got to get specific right now. <laughs> and if you can just be aware that like in general, I'm going to want to tend to look for information that feels good. And in general, it's not going to feel so good to get feedback. And feedback's really what I need. If you start from that place, then you might be able to take on the sort of growth mindset that we talk about Mm -hmm. and hunt and seek out how you might be wrong about something and if you do that you can develop any craft forever but the moment you become resistant to that information you're generally probably a dick to work with and be in a relationship with and uh you're definitely not improving right 
you know. Right. And uh, I, I, I just think it's a good place to learn lessons that we just civilians can use <laughs> uh, from the the fringes, from like the highest level performers, you know. And um, people in the highest level athletics, combat, places where the consequences are highest teach us over and over and over again that like it would be insane to talk to people on your team the way that we talk to people at work right what the fuck is that <laughs> like no i really want this like behavior to change and it's really undercutting our team and it's like really toxic and it's really brutal but like i like your blouse like what the <laughs> motherfucker? that's the lowest level bullshit ever but like everybody's it. playing that game it's so true it's fucking so true because we're scared and we got feelings you know what i want to share a story really quickly so this is a relationship that so this is years ago this is like 15 years ago this guy's still my good friend we dated for a year loved him he was a great guy towards the end i just started to notice some insecurities that were just so they were they were not allowing him to be um in a position where I could feel, he just, he was just so insecure. I can't even like, I'm like, let's just stop. He was Don't just being insecure. It. Oh, no. <laughs> the blouse. Yeah, yeah. Your Don't. jeans look awesome. <laughs> he just wasn't fucking, he was so, um, he was holding himself back and it was becoming unattractive, Yeah. you know? And to where I was starting to feel sorry for him because I was like, this is not, and then, you know, at that point it's like, it's a wrap because if I can't, look to you in that way then you know for me him being my man i was like okay this is this mm-hmm. is not gonna work so break it has to happen and i really loved him you know because it wasn't like something was wrong with him he was just in a place in his life where that's where he was and it wasn't mm-hmm. a place that would make sense for me to be his girlfriend anymore right yeah. so i had to have the talk with him and i just told him like i love you i can be your friend I could be your best friend. I cannot be your girlfriend while you're going through this right now because I just I know where it's going to take us. Mm-hmm. It's not going to it's not it's and it's nothing that I can support you with. This yeah. is your shit that you got to, mm-hmm. you know, I can support you as a friend, but I, anyways, he wasn't comfortable with it at first, but it was like what are you going to do? Like it's a wrap. So and I'm so grateful for this because it was uncomfortable mm-hmm. for me to have that conversation. I'm going to hurt someone mm-hmm. that I actually really love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that that was the most responsible sign of respect that I can actually offer him and me even. It's yep. like our time. Our, I'm not going to do him any good by let me try and be with you on this journey that I already know is not going to. F- no. So it. I don't remember the time because it was so long ago how long it. Mm-hmm. It took afterwards, but you know, well afterwards, like different relationships were in a different. He and he, he would bring it up several times when we would talk here and there, um, or when we spoke at that time. But he basically said that that was the greatest thing that anybody's ever offered him because it was the ultimate truth, and it was so. And he, I'm so grateful because he knew he he was like I knew that wasn't fucking easy for you. Yeah. But he was thankful that you. He was thankful that you took that on. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? And it shifted him. It really did. It was like he definitely expanded into that next level version of himself, mm-hmm. 
which was great, right? He didn't like he didn't throw his bombs. <laughs> he didn't, dude. Right. His bombs didn't go up, you know. Or, um, or I didn't see him go up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they internally went up. I mean, you know, and I mean, to me, it's like. Man, that is a successful fucking relationship. Yeah. It didn't even have to go in the whole fucking forever yeah. till. I mean, we're still friends, mm-hmm. but like it it was just that honesty and really reverence, you know? And like so it's like courage is one part, reverence, you know, respect is another part, truth. It's just yeah, I don't know. And I I'm glad that I had that experience in my life. Yep. Yeah. And you were able to so this is, we can like, we're doing all the callbacks. This is like, a, this, is, this is dope. This is high level. This is how you do high level comedy, allegedly. Um, you know, go back to the guy in that stage of his life when you're, you're breaking up with him. Classic adaptive challenge, Right. Because if you had, if you handed that dude a stack of papers, this is like a joke. But if you handed that dude a stack of papers on like how um, be- being self conscious doesn't serve someone, right? Like mm-hmm. he'd be like, "Hmm, chapter one." Like he, dude knows that, right? Uh, he has all the information in the world to know that, but he had to see beyond his blind spots to to evolve and he got whacked over the head with some truth right. in this thing and he could no longer unsee these results he got mm-hmm. like i love you this is real yeah and this is now what's happening he can't unsee the fact oh shit i whether i disagree this that the other thing i am presenting myself in the world as a self-conscious person to the level that is costing me relationships in my life. Mm-hmm. Blinders are off. That's a blind spot that he could not see before. He now sees it. That's an opportunity for adaptive change. Sounds like he took that on yeah. and saw that. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And, right. and now we move forward. Uh, you know, that individual might be stuck in a loop where they're like, Man, I just can't get over this thing, and I'm gonna listen to a lot of podcasts about it, or I'm gonna read a lot of books about it, or I'm, you know, right. And it's not technical. It's not a technical problem, Mm-mm. you know. And so he grew up that day, or over yeah. a period of reflection, or whatever. Right. Right? And that's the juice, man. That's that's where it's at. That is the juice. Yeah. yeah. It's rad. Thanks. Nice job. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> You're an, like, you're an adaptive leader. out. I'm sitting yeah. here proud. You're an adaptive leader. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Thanks. Wait, okay. I'm so curious. Um, it's kind of a different fucking birds. I love watching the birds. <laughs> you were talking about that at the beach. <laughs> That's right. I did. The yeah. crows. So good. That's right. Well, now you can see my set. Yeah, so in the mornings, I wake up super early. I have a whole, you know, we talked about this. Yeah. It's like I didn't even know your name. And yeah. I was telling you what I do in the morning. Cold showers. That's right. Dry brushing. Yeah. But I sit here and I just watch. It's a great spot. Right? And it's really good. And it's really, I don't know. It's deep. But really is it. nothing matters everything matters nothing matters you know what there's um 
Okay, so when I meditate, fucking sun. It's you did? Everywhere. Yeah. So when I meditate, I have conversations with my highest self, and I call her my muse, and people who listen to this podcast already know this about me, so whatever. <laughs> whatever. So it's not this like full-on quiet time where there's no thoughts. No, there's fucking communication happening, and I love it, because <laughs> when I'm done meditating, I feel like I'm primed, you know? Mm -hmm. So these words, my muse, highest self, offered to me one day, and... She said, because I was, I remember this moment, I was kind of like troubled in some way or like couldn't figure something out or whatever it fucking mm -hmm. was, right? And she said to me, Roxy, nothing means anything except the meaning you decide to give it. Damn. Nothing means anything except the meaning you decide to give it. Whoa, dude, I fucking went, what? <laughs> yeah. And it was so, you know, receiving those words is... Like, you have a secret weapon in life, right? So when shit gets unnecessarily uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you fucking know you're making it harder on yourself than you need to, mm -hmm. right? You're looking at it in a way that you could just, I just apply it. Nothing means anything except the meaning. So what are you dis you deciding? These are the two important things. You deciding. What are you deciding to give, you know, what's the meaning that you're deciding to give this to? Totally. Whatever it is. It's so fucking powerful. Yeah, the, and uh, it's really hard to get outside of the things that we assume are true. And so it helps to do, like, luckily you were able to get to this, that in meditation. But, you know, you can do, like, mental experiments to sort of, like, test this. You know, it's like, what, what matters? Like, what has value? You know, and you can do silly ones like... Uh, you know, we could go to the local fancy car dealership and get like the dopest thing off the the lot. And if we just sort of took that car and we're like, man, this is crazy. We got this dope ass ride, whatever. And if you just dropped that in like a clearing in, you know, the rainforest or another place where there like isn't context to what that even is, people would be like, why do you put the metal thing in the way of the. <laughs> What do you, you know, or something else with weird value, like people go crazy about baseball cards, you know, like there's these weird, like, um, Honus Wagner baseball card is the most valuable card in the world. Wayne Gretzky used to own it and then it's past hands, but it's like sold at auction for millions of dollars or whatever. If you don't have context for what that is, you're like a piece of paper. Like, what is right, that? Right. You know, you take a briefcase full of money, million dollars. We're freaking out. Because right. for us, we've attached some value to that. You take it to a place that doesn't have context with that, and they're like, empty the briefcase. I have a briefcase now. Like, yeah. <laughs> get the stupid shit out of there. You know what I mean? Like, where do you assign your meaning? And right. uh, in the summit, the last couple summits, I've used this example before. It's like what you're saying is in some ways like deciding what winning is. Like you can declare what that is and uh i always say like no disrespect to my boy tate he's in a bunch of movies or whatever but he was in a movie that came out recently jumanji 2 mm -hmm. and uh i didn't see it because generally it sounds like a bad idea uh <laughs> <laughs> but jumanji 2 people made 900 million dollars at the box office that's a big deal yeah damn if that's insane right. for a bad sequel right like, let's no disrespect the rock 
you know, right. whatever, uh, you did your thing. Um, but surely those guys, Kevin Hart, the, the crew decided what winning was. And I would imagine that for them, that was a, a certain career play, a financial thing, this, that, the other. But like, yo, let's call a spade a spade. The director, everybody there, no one is under the illusion that they're making like cinematic art. Right. <laughs> they got paid and they did their thing. And right. some people went to the movies on a weekend and had a great time and that, that was it. It's not Casablanca. <laughs> no. But they decided that that was what winning was. You know, if mm-hmm. if if you make a movie and you decide winning would be making a truckload of money, they mm-hmm. won. Right. If you decide I'm on this planet to make art and I have something to say mm-hmm. and, I, yeah. and I'm trying to go to the film festival and like make moves, it's not Jumanji two. It's just not. No. That's a failure. It's not. <laughs> Let's be clear. Let's I'm not trying to do any of that shit. Right. <laughs> Okay, and so we get to assign meaning wherever we go. Right. And uh, in my opinion, Jumanji 2 doesn't mean shit. (laughs) I never saw it. I did like Jumanji, though, the original. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, But you know what I mean? It's just a a silly example, but it's it's like... a good one. If you do the mental experiments, like, those things are everywhere. Right. And we take it as gospel. Like, this matters, this doesn't. And it's like... Right. There's a... I can... If we think long enough, there's a million examples of the exact opposite of that. Right. You know, and so if you start to curate what you decide matters in your life, then you can like create anything. Totally. You know, look at this place. You've created this. Yeah. You've you decided what matters to you, and this is a perfect reflection of it. Right. And there's totally. other people who their place looks different and it's on a farm and it's another thing and it's a place where you'd be bored and you don't get it and whatever. And they're like, Yeah. I don't know how those other people do it. Right. By the beach, miserable. <laughs> <I know. It's> like <laughs> or whatever. You know? Losing. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> you know? I don't know. No, it's so, that's so true. That's so, that's a great way to put it. Okay. So. We're going to get focused, I swear. No, you might. If they could only see. If they could only see. No, you guys, to, to literally script. dodging the. There's no script. <laughs> I have pain. You know what's funny? This is an organized podcast. I actually podcast. fucking wrote. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There's a heckler section right I, I'm such a fucking heckler. You know what's it. funny? I listen to myself. I have so much passion in me, right? Like, so some, like you're li- saying something and it resonates so deeply with me and I'm not going to interrupt you, but you fucking see a big smile. Like, <laughs> like, coming out of my I can't even. And sometimes it's like, I have a loss for words. Like I wish I could be more articulate in some, or in some moments, but I can't because yeah. I have an overwhelming feeling of fucking fuck. Yeah. 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 But that's yeah. the only thing. That's manifested <laughs> in a million different ways for a million different people. Like I know people that unfortunately are so smart and their brain moves so fast that they could never like speak in a way that honors what's in their head. Right. And so they're like these caged, brilliant people. Sure. They can't communicate with the world and it's like weird. Right. And, and it's unfortunate, Sucks. right? Yeah. Uh, I think we all have that thing. I'm very introverted, so I have to really think about things before I say them. And so um, that's my own but I am too. little thing. Well, I'm an ambivert, whatever. Yeah. I'm a fucking What does that mean? But... You do everything? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. You, you like get energy from everywhere? So, no. <laughs> I get energy I'm, from people. I... I get energy from being alone. I get energy from being quiet. <laughs> I, well, yeah, it's kind of like you can get it from both. It's it's that's down cool. the line. But the, I'm for sure I spend most of my time with, I don't say alone because I don't okay. care for yeah. them. 
with myself, not okay. even by myself, Understood. with myself. And that's important because I'm, I'm in a very deep, committed relationship with myself. I dig that. So much to where it's like, let's just say it's like, oh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm working, I'm traveling, I'm with friends. I'm, I mean, I have a great time. I'm enjoying my environment. I'm enjoying these connections, these people. But yo, by fucking Thursday? Mm-hmm. It's a wrap. It's a wrap because this really important person that I love and that I need time with like is summoning me uh-huh. i'm like okay and i that's important just want, i don't want to really talk cool. to anybody because <laughs> i'm already talking yeah with somebody mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's an interesting thing so i think that i am more introverted um i'm not shy but i'm not necessarily you know you're thoughtful very much you're you're, you're very thoughtful and it shows in your language because uh you you check yourself like you you're like oh i'm about to say something but like no i'm not mm-hmm. doing it right and that it's just because it matters to you absolutely like if it didn't matter you'd just be like you'd just be talking shit and yeah. anything would come out right know? it's cool it's cool but what were you saying you're an introvert <laughs> yeah i'm an introvert i'm just playing an extrovert on podcast right now <laughs> <Are> you- <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. As an introvert, as someone who speaks around the world and you speak... So this is the real question I want to ask you that was kind of like the accessory to the question. <laughs> yeah. What do you do um, when you are feeling uncomfortable, like not uncomfortable, insecure, a lack of confidence, fearful? What do you do? Like, how do you... What's your self-talk like? And you got to go through it. Like, mm-hmm. you got to... You can't um, back down. I generally, I am my best sort of advocate, you know? Like, I'm my own Jerry Maguire kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so my self-talk is something that's helped me do lots of things in my life. Um, it's something I lean on heavily. And it, the default self-talk is, is like hype man positive you know yeah. which is cool um but my general strategy and the times that you're speaking about are i go inward that's like where i hulk up you know what I mean? that's where i get yeah. what i need to go out and solve problems in the world so under stress under you know different types of adversity or or uncertainty i get really quiet you know, like when shit hits the fan or something's going on, like I go this way. And um, it's just a, I rely on like a higher level of focus. Mm-hmm. And I, I've recognized since a very young age that um, I, I'm able to focus in like oddly, like specific, intense ways from any task, you know, like drawing or or writing or, you know, something athletic is I'm able to sort of like shut out lots of other things to direct all of my energy. And part of that is just because I believe that that has a higher utility than other things. Yeah. Um, and that I felt like, you know, if I could help myself out, I need it, you know, like it, let's make this easier. And so um, I go inward. I, I seek time alone. Um, I try to think things through 
you know i feel most out on a on a ledge like on a you know alone and and vulnerable and unprepared if i haven't had time to sort of like internalize um very specific example the first time i recognized this there's two examples the first athletic example of this is uh you know i was like 14 15 years old i mentioned in my sport uh baseball as a catcher which is a unique position because it's very skill specific so if you're like an infielder you could kind of piece it together at any of the infield positions i mean it's not as straightforward as that but you're just more versatile in that way uh like a left fielder couldn't just like I'm going to be a catcher today. Like, it just doesn't right. work. It's very specific. And so because it's very specific and it's generally a, a, a laborious position where people throw things at you and it's just kind of not that uh, comfortable, not a lot of people want to play it. Okay, yeah. So it's kind of a rare position. So that being said, through my younger athletic career, I was sort of like a catcher for hire for a lot of teams mm -hmm. because it's a valuable position. And so... To expedite the story one day come home from high school and i was playing for like three club teams in southern california it's sunny all year you can just get a million reps in the sport and a coach from another team called me and said hey logan we're in a pinch we have this showcase tonight at blair field that's long beach state 7 p.m can you be there we need a catcher and I was very poor at telling people no mm. <laughs> this stage of my life. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll be there. And so I didn't have my license yet at the time. So my dad is driving me to Long Beach to play in this game. And I remember feeling really odd in the car. Like this was like a novelty. Mm -hmm. like, I was, like it was very unfamiliar. And then it was like magnified times a thousand when I got to the field and I carry my gear down i'm in the dugout and then i'm going out to warm up and technically at this moment in my life just mathematically i'm the most prepared for this moment like i haven't been this old before yeah. i haven't played this many games before i'm technically the most prepared for this game than i have for any game in my life mm -hmm. and i felt completely like naked out there i was like i don't know how to do like what is this where am i how do you throw what it completely foreign and then i began to like try to f find out why i was feeling this way explain what was happening and what i realized was my whole life at a high level i was visualizing and preparing subconsciously for everything that i've done to where whether it's school or whether it's a game or whether it's a talk i'm giving i've sort of been there 1000 times before mm. i'd been there and this particular environment sort of robbed me of that mm. right because it was like an hour ago i didn't know i was even gonna be here right so i i didn't at school i would have been thinking about this thing i would have been imagining Imagine blair field and right. the lights and the bats and the right. pitches i would see and whatever and you know as we know now in reverse that's a high level tool for performance you know sure. visualization mental preparation etc and i was sort of just doing this automatically and i think for me it hits extra hard because that's how introverts operate right is they they tend to try to rehearse or prepare before they go and do their thing so i feel most out on a limb when 
I'm in an environment that I haven't prepared for because I feel like I haven't like earned uh, the results, you know? Yeah, dude, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's so that's powerful. The the other example that's way less sexy than that this is the very first time I recognized that was I literally remember this like it was yesterday, kindergarten. Long story short, uh, I was my both my parents were out of town, so uh, the my neighbor behind me we went to the same school. His mom was going to take us to school, and we went to the library before school. Very simple thing. Go to the library. Makes sense. Kids, books, poor school. <laughs> I was completely fucked up. I was like, this is not the routine. What do we got? Like, are we going to be there on time? Like, this is insane. I'm not going through. Uh, this is kindergarten. I'm going through like a routine of like, what the fuck? What do you prepare for in kindergarten? You know what I, mean? <laughs> I know. But I was like derailed because I was like, yo, like, this is not on my my program. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, I, you I do that yourself. everywhere in my life. Is I try to prepare, you know. So, but as a high performer and someone who wants to constantly be growth mindset, mm-hmm. so then isn't it beneficial to put yourself in situations that you haven't pre- prepared for? Oh my god, the sun! Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not you. It's the sun. <laughs> so Taking like responsibility it. for the sun now. <laughs> Egomania. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a little bright today. Uh, yes. Sorry. So your question was, well, what, what the hell? Like, what do you are? Are you trying to control your environment? You're trying to right. So, no. Let me give you an example that I think everybody can relate to. High performers control. They master that which is in their control to the mm-hmm. highest level. I'll give you two examples that teach the same lesson. Have you ever seen how an NBA player, so world-class basketball athlete, prepares to shoot a free throw? Just imagine that Practice. thing. Yeah. They're in a game. The people are lined up on the sides, and they're right there, and they're doing the thing. Okay, and got like, it. Yeah. They do like weird shit, right? You can imagine this. Like Some people like bounce it twice. They like flip it in their fucking hand, bounce it again. They do like the little mm-hmm. double pump, and then they do the shot. Right. And then if they get two shots, I'll bet you all the money in my wallet that whoever we're watching right now does the same exact thing. Two dribbles, flips it in their hand, dribble, double pump, shot. What are they doing? They're bringing a routine into an environment that is like your book, The Art of Uncertainty. Mm-hmm. There's some number of elements of this that are outside of their control including if the ball goes in the basket Mm -hmm. and this routine is a subconscious or conscious way to control some of the variables to make familiar this effort so if i am in my 10th year in the nba and i've done every free throw the same way i'm bringing thousands and thousands of reps of familiarity to this unknown right and it increases performance well why doesn't this dude do that when it's not a free throw situation? Imagine they're running down the court, fast break, get the ball, three pointer. Does he do the two dribbles and then flip it in his hand and then the dribble and then the no? He he fucking doesn't because the dude would take the ball from him. Right. But if he could, he would. Right. And so th- we see this all over sports. Every place that you can control a variable, the best athletes in the world will do that. Mm-hmm. Non-sport example. Uh, 
operating table, high consequences, life and death. If you and I were going to have knee surgery tomorrow, God bless, knock on wood. If we were going to have knee surgery tomorrow, what would they say at the office? Okay, you got to come in. Uh, we got your appointment at 9 a.m. Uh, if you could not have anything to eat or drink starting at 9 p.m. the night before, that would be great. So don't have breakfast. We need to come in with an empty stomach. Why? Because there's a slight risk in anesthesia that there can be complications and we're going to control for this complication. Any hospital in America, this is the instructions mm -hmm. you would get. Okay. Knock on wood again. Don't want to be dark. It won't be you. It'll just be me this I've time. already had three. Okay. Well, yeah, we're good. This I'm done. time, <laughs> I roll my car. God oh. forbid. I, I get hit by a drunk driver. Roll my car on PCH. They're cutting me out of the car and putting me on the gurney, and I need to have surgery. When I go into the surgery, because I'm, my life is in jeopardy here, do they call my family and say, now, has he eaten in the last 12 hours? No, they <laughs> fucking cut my ass work. open and they get to work. And that is a, a variable that is outside of their control in this moment. So if they will operate on me right away, if I get in a car accident down the street, then does that mean for our surgery that we should just have a big breakfast before our thing? No. Probably will be okay, but it's something that's inside of our control, so we will control for that. And that's what these routines are all around sports. That's why baseball players are the most superstitious people on the planet. They're doing all these weird tappy things, and they're <laughs> taping their shit all the time. Jiu-Jitsu athletes probably have their routine, a certain song they listen to. Yeah. You know, the guy that went and shot uh, Bin Laden listened to the same <laughs> song from the game on the flight over that he did every other mission or whatever. Right. And these are examples where we are trying to minimize the things that are outside of our control and that's all we can do so by rehearsing and trying to imagine the game mm -hmm. that's coming that night am i fully in control of the, the outcome no i'm constantly in an environment that's outside of my control mm -hmm. right i'm gonna strike out i'm gonna get a pitch i didn't expect i'm gonna get an outcome i don't expect or whatever but Choosing to rehearse is an act of controlling a variable that's inside of my control. It is preparation that I can own, right? And when you're doing things at a high level, you just know that it's so hard that it's to your best interest to maximize the things that are inside of your control, right? Right. So free throw, you're going to tell me these guys don't get to touch me? I'm over here doing my routine, man. <laughs> On a fast break, I would love to do my routine. I would make more <laughs> shots if I could do my routine, but they're not going to let me because I got this defender. Right. Right. And so these are just examples that show us, whether we realize it or not, that at the highest level of performance, it always comes back to process. What's in my control? And if it's in your control, you'll take it. Mm -hmm. Right. What's the surgeon going to do? If I can tell you not to eat, like I'm going to tell you not to eat because one out of every 10,000 people dies when they have food in their stomach. Right. Right? right, And so, uh, yeah, I'm constantly in environments that are outside of my control. All of them are. But if I have some, a variable that, that I can own, then I'm going to own it, you know? <laughs> what? That must make you feel good. What? <laughs> what? My silence. After oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Just, 
It's like this. Microphone drop. Come on, dropping the mic. Oh, damn. Okay, listen. Fuck. You're dangerous. <laughs> what a, you keep going and going. I, I threatened like, I would do this, by the way. No, I, I, I love it. I no, I'm I'm like, okay, he probably needs some water. No. He probably no, needs no, like no. fucking move. I'm good. Um, so I'm being conscious of your time, but I'm so grateful because I'm mean, like. I got all the time like, in the world. I got all the time in the world. That's amazing. Yeah, I got. I mean, I got no responsibility. <laughs> like, I, don't do, I don't have a job. I'm like really? <laughs> I don't have anything. Like, no, no seriously. You, I, I, you're good. I got all the time in the world. Are there any questions, or is there a question that you've asked yourself? Like, is let me say it like this. I have a question that I love to ask myself okay. often. What is it? We talked about this earlier. And it, it it's I I ask myself in different situations and it can mean different things. Who are you right now? Oh, okay. Who are you? So really like how are you showing up? So do you have any questions that That I like to ask myself? Mm -hmm. The I'll give you two. The question that I think is the most powerful question you can ask at any point in your life with and it will hold the same weight is what are you becoming and it speaks to not just the snapshot of who you are now but your directionality mm -hmm. i think directionality is more important than where you're at this is the reason why there's something human about the fact where if we see someone who is 200 pounds overweight that is out there taking their first steps on a jog out to the pier that like i see your eyes they're like mine they're starting to get like water in them yeah and it's you're like yes because where is that person at if we're just going to be like this is not my belief but like if we're just for the sake of the example be super judgmental we'll say like that person is maybe like at a certain a uh, low point in an absolute manner, mm -hmm. but in a relative manner that they are improving today. They're they're choosing to like go up if they're like yeah. if they were like a stock or something, they're going up. Yeah. Okay. There's a certain we connect on that. I think anyone who's listening to that would be like, Yeah, that, I'm into that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's let's stereotype again, um, just for the sake of example. So you have this like rock star athlete millionaire who is out late, drunk, wraps his Ferrari around a, a light pole and gets arrested for DUI. You know, I'm not like judging drinking or the thing, just like I'm not judging the person who's overweight, but the absolute position in that person's life based on our social norms is like killing it, like status, accomplished mm -hmm. physicality, money, whatever value mm -hmm. thing you wanna put on that. But like, what's the directionality? right? This person is sort of like trending down, mm -hmm. we'll say, right? And so in an absolute sense, where's the value? Like our society says like, well, this person is like in shape, rich, famous, whatever. And this person is like anonymous, overweight, sick, whatever. And that one is sort of in our socialized view, one is more accomplished, like higher up than the other. But in terms of their directionality, where they're headed, one is uh, not improving, maybe, you know, jaded off track, partying, whatever, going down, and this other person is on the trajectory going up. So the what are you becoming question speaks 
not only to like maybe where you currently are, your absolute position, but like your relative position, like where you're going. Mm -hmm. And we all know it's about the journey, right? There's no finish line. Right. Furthermore, if you get to a finish line and you just start chilling, there's something yeah. about that where we're like, no, no, right, no, right. No. It's this direction. So, what are you becoming? Speaks to that. The other question is a developmental one that is very common. Not my words. My coach says a lot. I don't think it's her words either. It's just a, a mental experiment for developmental psychology, which is a healthy one to ask all the time. Which is how might I be wrong about this? Right? So claim something that you believe is true. I am a good person. <laughs> how might I be wrong about that? And if you go down the rabbit hole, spend as much time and energy and effort with that question as you want, you'll be better for it. Mm-hmm. I'm a good podcast host. Yeah. How might I be wrong about that? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm a good public speaker. How might I be wrong about that? We'll inform you in very healthy ways of where where to improve and how to move the needle on yourself. And that is a specific way to seek disconfirming information, which is the key to like the evolution part between the ears. So those are really good questions. Do you feel like, so you ask yourself these questions from time to time? Oh yeah. So great. I just wanted to try to break your game. Right. (laughs) Because, like, think about where, where I'm at. Like, I'm in the most, like, you, it's funny, you were asking me earlier, like, who am I or what am I or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, there's certain connotations that I'm, like, disgusted by, right? So, like, calling me, calling myself a personal trainer or calling myself a trainer in general, like, makes me want to vomit. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's me being judgmental. But um, there... Mm-hmm. there's a certain level of at- attachment there that 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 I don't want to be a part of because the connotation is, you know, I'm in an environment where it pays to be ruthlessly dogmatic and closed-minded, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're some sort of authority in fitness, which is just a weird environment, uh, people slang dogma and they fight internally about stuff that doesn't matter and they disagree because there's this mindset that that's how they you create value mm-hmm. right because if i'm wrong i mean that's like a liability right think about if someone's like a personal trainer and like your client asks you a question hey so like what do i do like for my shoulder doesn't hurt this motherfucker is not qualified to answer this question this motherfucker doesn't know the answer to it to be honest whatever but it doesn't pay to say i don't know you should probably see this other person right so what do they do they make some shit up that's not true and they continue to look like the expert and they kind of get away with their sort of stance in a lot of ways the fitness industry isn't set up for people to ask the questions i just asked like how might i be wrong about this right because the moment that you have like a thing a method a book a, a dvd or whatever uh it seems risky to ask yourself how might i be wrong about this you got to go around and tell everybody that this is the key to like whatever and uh i don't want to be a part of that um, you know i don't think you could be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you don't yeah it's no so constantly yeah 
trying to so do you so let me ask you this do you do you feel like you um introvert Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm thinking how i want to say this right your relationship with your authenticity what is your relationship with it i don't know that's another thing of language right where I want to be careful because you say a word like authenticity and I hear it and everybody on this podcast hears it and they're like, good. It's like, it's like yoga and kettlebells. People are like, I'm in that equals good. You know what I mean? And and it just has a uh, connotation to it. So of course my, my natural reaction is like, I'm authentic. I want to be that, you know, in terms of the reality of it. Well, I don't know. I think, I'm trying to move closer and closer to my truth, which seems like that would be my authentic self. Uh, I would be lying to you if I said that I've like arrived there. But I think that's true of everyone. Mm-hmm. So I think my how I show up as like an authentic person, maybe someone would make that judgment of me, uh, is a questioning not unlike what i just said if someone were willing to ask themselves how they might be wrong about x y or z or ask themselves objectively what am i becoming that they would be guided more towards the truth than towards like a fake truth mm-hmm. right which is what a lot of people are doing yeah. right? They want to be a thing. They're going to seek out information that confirms that that's true mm-hmm. and push away information that disconfirms that. And what we have are a bunch of, you know, fake-ass rappers, as they say. <laughs> you know? Right? Yeah. And so uh, I don't know what my authentic self is, but I'm looking for that. And I think I know better today than I did yesterday. Do you feel like you're honest with yourself? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. And... um I feel like that is uh, the sort of humble pie that we get to to show up in that way. And I think people use that word to describe myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's generally best that other people use words to describe you. <laughs> uh, because I think people look at me as a person that they've granted authority to. Mm-hmm. They've, they've given me power. Yeah. Right? I go into a room and they get to say that I should stand in the front sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they would maybe use the word, hey, you're an authentic person because when I get up there, I say, hey, I don't know shit, right? I'm trying to figure it out. It's really hard. Here's what I've found to be true so far, mm-hmm. right? And that is just closer to the truth than me getting up there and being like, let me tell you what. <laughs> this is the truth. This is the truth, my God. I, God damn it. Right? And uh, people know that that's bullshit. Right. They can sniff it out, man. And it's very refreshing, I think, for myself and others to be in front of people who maybe have accomplished certain things and maybe we grant them some sort of power or authority and they are willing to vulnerably express their own uncertainty Mm -hmm. because that's more truthful than some other thing. Right. And so that's all I'm trying to do, you know. It's fantastic. Yeah. All right, rapid fire words. Oh, shit. Ready? So how's it go? You say a word, then I say what that means or something? I say or, a word, and question? just you can... What's a that? riff on it. Oh, I riff on the, on the word. Yeah. Okay. So 
Yeah. All right. Fear. Fear. Uh, built in our DNA as insight. It's important information. Fear. People get in trouble when they pretend it's not a thing. People get in trouble when they let it debilitate them. It's just information. Love. Love is everything. Love is the ultimate trump card. There's no rebuttal to love. None. It's undefeated. <laughs> I'm only laughing because, yeah. <laughs> um, curiosity. Curiosity is half of what makes humans brilliant. Okay? So you and I and everyone else is in this juxtaposition where we are alive here today because built into our DNA is a desire to maintain life, seek safety. However, without the other half, which is curiosity, we would be stuck in the cave, so to speak. We would also be dead. Mm -hmm. So these are two things that work together. Mm -hmm. And most people are guided by the first thing I said, which is seeking safety. That's built into your DNA. I'm not judging it. That's not a bad thing. I have it. You have it. Everyone has it. But if you don't embrace the other side, this curiosity thing, then you're just as dead as the person who isn't listening to their need for safety. And so curiosity is... Uh, Going back to that book I, I told you about, Sapiens, yeah. makes a great case that the people who sort of won mm -hmm. in uh, sort of like the expansion of empires mm -hmm. were the most curious ones. And so uh, the explorers and the countries, so like Europe took world power when their explorers didn't put just soldiers on their boats, mm -hmm. but it was soldiers and their scientists. Mm. Right, And because they were going out not just to conquer for the sake of more real estate, but to the uh, the premise of curiosity is that maybe there's something out there that I don't know that could serve me. And that's like a humble perspective. Sure. And so uh, curiosity basically became the winner circle bias for who won the world that we now enjoy today. And if you're not curious, you will get the same fate. Challenge. Challenge has a negative connotation, but uh, built into what we know about development and the best learning environments is it's a necessary ingredient. Uh, by definition, we need to operate at our edges of our capacity to grow our capacity to sort of like challenge homostasis like mm -hmm. so if we want to grow that means to not be the same mm -hmm. so we <laughs> thank you for clarifying uh we need the stimulus of challenge this is like not my opinion it's not that i prefer challenge over other things i think we just know the truth about growth is that it's required and so feel how you want to feel about that go get it or don't we know what happens when you do. We know what happens when you don't. 
you know. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Passion. You got two more. Okay. I'm drilling you right now. You're drilling me. Passion. Um. <laughs> I like the tone change. <laughs> that's right. Do I get like so? Um. When it comes to passion. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> oh no i immediately go to what we talked about earlier which is it is to our advantage to put yourself in environments that you can unleash that thing like you are in advantage to live inside of passion it's like a it's like a secret weapon you know so if you're playing against not to make everything about competition but if you're playing let's make it against yourself there's you and then there's passionate you it's like which one are you picking for anything mm-hmm. which one are you picking for the kickball team which one are you picking to go into business with which one are you picking to marry which one are you picking to, to make dinner make dinner <laughs> right it's a secret weapon so so seek environments where you can unlock that thing you know everyone is can be passionate about something but it's just a real bummer, like we saw when you walked into the store. If you're in a place where you cannot access passion, you're just you're you're taking a knife to a gunfight. Life is hard, yo. Life is hard. For real. So help yourself out. <laughs> in, in, in passion, please. <laughs> I'll take some passion. Yeah. Um, I, you know, you know, I'm sure you know this. You've heard this. Like I'm not in competition with anybody. It's just like except myself. Like. Mm-hmm. It's you versus you. Yeah. Well, allegedly, I used to subscribe to that yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. One of the greatest fucking mental flips that I experienced um, is when I realized it's not true. Because in observing myself when I train and really in my life, I'm like, you're not fucking competing with yourself. You're over here fucking supporting yourself, cheering yourself on, believing in yourself, encouraging yourself, like literally in training. You should have seen me sprinting at the end of my run today. Out loud. I'm a fucking crazy, like, (laughs) go, 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 Roxy. (laughs) Come on. You know, and it's like, and so I transcended that, and it's like, it's not you versus you. It's you got you. Yeah. You got you. That's it. That's awesome. It's fucking... It's so much more powerful. And that's uh, an asset of yours. You know, thank goodness you are in support of yourself. <laughs> right. Imagine like having a lot of people live a very opposite reality where it's like the voice inside their head is not their biggest fan. Mm-mm. Man, yeah. it's hard enough. It's hard. So, like, that's what I always out. say. It's already fucking hard yeah. enough. Make it easy on yourself. Like, have in your back. You Come know? on, Roxy. Help Roxy out. Right, that's hard. <laughs> Logan, Logan needs some help. Logan, (laughs) dude, Logan. Okay, we gotta, we're gonna wrap out. I wanna. Do you have any seminars or stuff in LA or where? Where are you? Where am I? I'm on the internet. Where the truth is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seminars go like this. We have. I'll be in Berlin in December. That's probably not relevant to a lot of us. Uh, February. I'm in uh, Sydney, and then Sydney, Australia, Wellington, New Zealand, and then uh, in April, I'm in Los Angeles again, Rad. and then uh, we're trying to do New York, but I don't have the dates for that yet. Okay. Yeah. So how do people stay connected to you? It's a good call. So on the internet. Um, on the internet. <laughs> I'm on Instagram and Twitter at 
functional coach, one word. And then the gyms you can find at deucegym.com, D-E-U-C-E, gym.com. The education site is just prep.deucegym.com. And that's where Coach's Prep is. That's where there's a free ebook on there that I just challenge anyone who's listening to this. It's, um, it's uh, called How to Develop uh, World Class Coaches and uh, members of law enforcement, CEOs, fitness coaches, non fitness coaches have all read this. Uh, you know, thousands of people at this point. And I challenge you to see if the principles hold up in your discipline. And I talk about coaching in a way through our framework that is general enough for universal application. And I think it's articulated in a way that would help anyone. And it's free. It's And it kind of looks jazzy. That's amazing. I'm yeah. going to read it. Yeah, check it out. I'm excited. It's short, too. People don't like reading these days, but... I do. I, I, need, I, need, I need y'all to read, please. Yeah, please read. Please read. I know. We're dying out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much. Can we Thank do this you. again? Yeah, I'm this so is like <laughs> This is cool. Yeah. This was just this was nourishing to my my mind, my brain, my heart, everything. I'm so grateful. I feel like I need to feed you. No, you're good. Um, thank you. Thank you. Let's let's do let's roll sometime. Let's oh, I know yeah. jujitsu. Yeah. I know we didn't even wrap up. We have so much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so like, we didn't even, actually. Let me ask this before I uh, wrap us out. Is there anything that you haven't said that you want to just? Do you want to fucking drop something real quick oh, on everyone man. who's listening right now? It's okay if you don't. If you're thinking about food, no, like I am. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, here's what I say. You know, it, it, it's in line with everything we've talked about, which is seeking your sort of peak expression. You, your whole podcast is about this. And... Like I said earlier, there's a lot of fear. We're all living with this sort of fear thing. We sort of sometimes lie to ourselves and tell us that if I self-sacrifice that, then I won't have to deal with uncertainty and all these other things. Like, yo, newsflash, it's everywhere. So you might as well help yourself out and go for it. Most people will sort of hear that. They'll be compelled emotionally. Their gut is telling them something right now, and they're excited. But still, they will choose not to pursue their peak self. And it's sad. And I'll say this. If not for you, not for yourself, do it for us. Because guess what? We all share the planet with you. <laughs> and I know you need less people when you walk into the store to be like, welcome to so-and-so, whatever. <laughs> I don't need that shit either. Need it. Please, right? Please. We're all, this is not just about you. We're in this together. We are all in this together, and I am thankful for people like you who are vulnerably going out and doing something. Uh, I'm trying and screwing it up every day, and uh, we just need that. So if you're not going to do it for yourself, realize, yo, it's not about you. <laughs> you affect everyone, and I want to live in a place where everybody's going for it. And I think we've all been around high, you know, maybe not we all. If you're around people that go for it, high-performing individuals, you realize that 
that's actually the safest place to be because those people understand real failure, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's something about me that you might see and there's something about you that I see where, man, we could do anything. We could we could start a business together and charge. And like I'm talking like no plan Bs, go for it, and fall flat on our face. And we could high five after that thing and be like, yo, we went for it, <laughs> right? But that's everybody's worst fear. And when you're around people that are hedging their bets, conceding their goals, self-sacrificing, they're also experiencing failure with no support. Right. And so I need you to go for it. And if you're around people that go for it and you're in that environment, you're willing to be vulnerable in that way, there is a beautiful recognition of your efforts and there's actually a whole community of people that will respect you in success as much as they do in failure, you know? So, like, go out there and do that thing. <laughs> that was beautiful. Cool. Thank you Thank so you. much. Yeah, oh, my gosh. So good. You guys, I don't have anything to say, and that says everything. Oh, my God, this is so good. Okay. All right. <laughs> you're like, oh, if you're still listening. My feminine energy is cookie. just... <laughs> I know if you're still here. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you. Peace. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look. R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate Recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next. Oh,